This whole country just like my flock of sheep. We want to know what you intend to give away to the communists. He will bring destruction to our traditions. He looked in his heart and he thought in all humility how he'd like to try and change things. Rip off this city for a hundred grand? Yeah. It's, a, it's a groovy thing to do. I propose to demand from the House the immediate removal of the President of the United States. of living most of my life in a small town. I was just your average hockey mom and signed up for the PTA. <laughs> I love those hockey moms. You know, they say the difference between a hockey mom and a pit bull, lipstick. Hi, and welcome to Decades Podcast. My name is Deb Kuykendall. I'm Jacob Kuykendall. And I'm Nicole Westry. And this is a podcast where we watch two movies, one from a previous decade and one from the now times. Mm -hmm. And then we talk about them. Politics and, uh, movies, right now. Yeah, this season is about <laughs> politics. Season one was uh, horror movies. Season two, mm -hmm. politi political movies. And we are, this was our first movie from the 90s. A movie from 1992 called Bob Roberts. Yeah, and a movie from 2000-something or other called Game Change. 2012, yeah. And it is a... 2012. <laughs> so Bob Roberts is a mockumentary about a fake uh, campaign for Pennsylvania senator. And well, it's not a fake campaign. It's a mockumentary <laughs> of a real campaign. Okay, oh. about a campaign for Pennsylvania senator. And uh, Game Change is about the 2008 uh, campaign, mostly focusing on Sarah Palin and uh, McCain. Oh, yeah. Mostly and, focusing on Sarah Palin. And it's based on a book, is my understanding? Yes, it's based on a book. The dramatization. The book actually covers, is much more comprehensive. It actually has two halves, or maybe even three parts. The first part is the Obama-Biden, mm -hmm. is Biden his mm -hmm. guy? Mm -hmm. uh, That's how he got it, there. It actually starts before he selects Biden, and it's the whole campaign for the presidential nomination. Oh, okay. And then they do the same thing for the Republican nomination, focusing on McCain. Gotcha. And then they get Sarah Palin and all that stuff happens. Sure. So that's about game change. Yeah. <laughs> um, but normally we talk about the old movie first. Um, so we're going to talk about Bob Roberts. Yeah. And uh, I made a list that I want to go through before yep. we start talking about it. Oh, really? Let's do it. And some, th some, some names will be missing from this list. But this is a list of the famous people. Mom's kills list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot a few of you, but you'll be on you're the list next. soon this enough. This is your communists list? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's my blacklist. No, this is a list of the famous people that are in the movie Bob Roberts. It's a lot. Uh, but some people are definitely missing. I didn't get them all. Okay, let's hear it. Tim Blobbins. So Brian Murray plays the documentarian. He's not mm -hmm. somebody, he's not like a big name, but he has been on things like 30 Rock and Not Doyle. Life. Not Brian not, Doyle Murray. No. The other Brian Murray. He's not related to Bill Murray. He's an English fellow. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Yep. That's uh, Alan Rickman. 
Uh, Hans Gruber. <laughs> Severin Snape. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Severus. Severus Snape. Ray Wise. Uh, from Laura Fresh Palmer's off the boat. dad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember him. What's Blair Palmer's dad's first name? Oh, I don't know. Mr. Palmer. Mr. Palmer. <laughs> Mr. Palmer and the guy from Fresh Off the Boat that's I married to Honey. I remember him from this failed uh, TV show called Reaper where he played the devil. Oh. Yeah. I remember Reaper. Yeah. He was in lots of Tim and Eric episodes. <laughs> Tim and Eric awesome show. Mm, Gore Vidal, a, I'm doing air quotes, public intellectual. <laughs> 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 yep, that's right. James Spader. Uh, Mr. Blacklist. Blacklist. All right, right. no, how about... Um, Stargate. Star- Stargate. Uh, sorry. I Sex, was... Lies, and Videotape. No. Uh... Pretty in Pink. Oh, no, why can't I think of the... He's Avengers 2. He's the bad guy. Ultron. That's not... Ultron. Oh, right. He's right, the right, age right. of Ultron. Uh, Helen Hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twister. What Women Want. Mad About You. Yeah. Is that the name of that show? Ultra, all of three of those. Uh, Peter Gallagher. So, uh, Peter, oh, the OC, you said. Smashing yes. a watermelon. He was, he was the dad in... <laughs> <laughs> different, different Gallagher. Yeah, it was the dad in the OC. OC in yeah. To Julian on her 37th birthday. A 23-year-old Jack Black. Uh, Tenacious D, let's say. Waterworld. King Kong. <laughs> the King Kong guy. He was in the X-Files. In 1995, he was in, in Waterworld as the pilot. Uh-huh, I remember him in that. And he was in an epi- a very good episode of The X-Files starring Giovanni Ribisi as a kid who could uh, control electricity and killed a bunch of people with oh, lightning bolts. I remember bolts. that. I remember Giovanni Ribisi. I don't remember Jack, Jack Black. Jack Black, I think, was his friend in that show. Man. Hmm. X-Files. <laughs> uh, Susan Sarandon. Sure. There were a ton of people, including James Spader and Peter Gallagher, who just played newscasters. Yeah, for one scene. And Susan Sarandon was one. Fred Ward. Uh, Fisher Stevens. He was in um, The Right Stuff. He played Gus Grissom, who is the astronaut who screws the pooch. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, a while. Gil Robbins, who is Tim Robbins' dad, who was one of the members of The Highwaymen, which was a famous folk so- singer... <laughs> Famous folk band band or group. Yeah. Um, Fisher Stevens. Oh, he played the Reverend, right. I'm cutting. Oh, yeah. Fisher Stevens is not on my list. From the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah. And uh, Short Circuit. Short Circuit. And like a million things. An early edition. He's still in TV shows now. Right. He's still famous. Many of these people are still acting. Uh, John Cusack, who was also. John Cusack. I don't think he's in many things. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he was in that movie where the poster with the hand identity. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Identity? I've yes. seen Identity. Oh, yeah. Such a good movie. <laughs> but Gross Point Blank was great. It is great. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, he was. He and Tim Robbins and Jack Black were also in High Fidelity together. Mm-hmm. Good movie. And uh, Tim Robbins basically played a caricature of him, his actual self, mm-hmm. in that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Lee Robbins, I'm not sure who that was, but I'm sure it's a relative of Tim Robbins. I don't know why that person's on the list, because they're not famous. Uh, Bob Balaban, who is an actor with a ton of credits, he played, I I recognize him every time I see him. He was in The Lady in the Water. Who did he play in The Lady in the Water? Oh, yeah, he plays the film critic who gets, Oh, narrates his own death. Yikes. (laughs) He was in Ghost World. He played the father of one of the two girls in Ghost World. Uh, he has like 170 He's bajillion like, yeah, credits. Yeah, that guy's very familiar looking. From... Yeah, and you're always like, oh, it's that guy. Yeah, he, yeah. Was, he was like in all the TV shows in the 80s and the 70s and the 90s. I mean, if you see him in Lady in the Water, you know who he is. He mm-hmm. looks like that. Yeah. Uh, and Jeremy <laughs> Piven was the last name I have on my list. I didn't notice I didn't him notice in the movie. I didn't see him either. 
the other one of the other Nazi kids with Jack Black was a famous actor. The youngest one looked uh-huh. very familiar. Uh-huh. TV famous guy. And one of the little girls in the hospital was Ava Marie, who is Susan Sarandon's daughter. Oh. Uh-huh. No, she I'm going to look up that other the kid. kid the other kid. I yeah. was tempted to look him up and then I didn't. And there were other people, like the guy at the end sitting in the wheelchair dressed as a... Soldier. 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 I've seen him many, many, many times in things, but I... The guy carrying the cross looked really familiar, too. The guy who was, like, in the crowd praying. That was just... Oh, yeah. Save Bob or whatever. Yes, I recognized him as well, but I couldn't tell you. So anyway, this is a great movie if you take a drink every time you recognize someone. Oh, and I left off... Mars Attacks. um, I forgot Harry Lennox, because I didn't have him on my original list, but he's the guy that... He was in... um, Uh, Dollhouse. Now that I'm looking at IMDb. And Blacklist. Uh, Lynn Thigpen, the chief from uh, Carmen San Diego. Oh, that's that? right. The, <laughs> one of the uh, the lady who hosted Pens- Philadelphia. Good morning, Philadelphia. Yeah, mm-hmm. was the lady from Carmen San Diego. I'm rattling some papers now because there was someone else that I wrote down. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna rattle a bunch of papers now. <laughs> yeah, Ned Bellamy. Did we mention his name? No. Uh, he played Uzi Kornhauser, which is a hilarious name, but. He's been in one billion things, including Twilight, Ed Wood, Charlie's Angels, Saw, Gotham. <laughs> I recognize all those titles, so I just you can't rec- think of what he, he was If you in. look at a picture of him, I'm going to hold up a picture and you're going to say, oh, that guy looks familiar. Nah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, he looks familiar. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for, but he's not the, the Nazi kid who is... <laughs> Uh, which is to say this movie had a lot of famous actors in it they were famous oh i said helen hunt right mm-hmm. they they were famous at the time and they were all working for scale because this is not a big budget movie mm-hmm. um to the extent that there's a scene at the end where they're having a banquet and the way that they all of the big room scenes were all mm-hmm. filmed in the same place mm-hmm. and they oh. just designed different stages to be in different locations in this it was like a town hall or something in the they actually filmed it in philadelphia i guess Mm. and they couldn't afford to do a big banquet scene so what they did was they did a fundraiser for the local public television station (laughs) people paid 75 dollars a plate and then they got to be extras in the movie as well that's cool i like it and they did that for the concerts too i think they just said we're gonna give a concert if you want to come and be an extra in a movie cool i like it i mean i think that hopefully says something about tim robbins as a person that people were willing to sort of Basically just give their time yeah. to be in this movie for him. Sure. Um, I heard, I don't know where, when I read this, I must have read it. I don't couldn't have heard it in my ears. Um, <laughs> Ray Wise basically saying, I think Tim Robbins knew, knew me from Twin Peaks. And so he said, do you want to be in my movie? And I said, yeah, I'll do anything in your movie. And he said, how would you like to be this character? He's like his um, campaign manager. Yeah, one of the two. Uh, and he said, yeah, sure. The other one is Alan Rickman. Who mm-hmm. is you said is represents Elliot? He, he's Abramsy. a little Elliot Elliot Abramsy. Although I don't think Elliot Abrams was in the CIA necessarily, but he is kind of that same like sh- shadowy Did a lot intelligence, of <laughs> yeah, so, operative Peter so North far, type, destabilizing yeah. of government. If so. anyone listening to us has not seen Bob Roberts, they won't know what we're talking about. So <laughs> let's tell let's them. Talk, <laughs> let's tell, talk about what Bob Roberts is. It's that Simpsons episode about sideshow Bob Roberts. <laughs> That's probably true. Mm-hmm. Where he runs for mayor. Um. So Bob Roberts is a conservative musician. Mm-hmm. 
who has had some popular songs and has decided to run for Senate. 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 Pennsylvania Senate. Mm -hmm. U.S. Senate. Pennsylvania 90. It's U.S. Senate, though, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Um, for for the state of Pennsylvania. And he's already kind of popular because he has all these songs right. <laughs> that he is famous for performing. And he has a nonprofit he runs, which is somewhat popular as well. Yes. Lonesome Dove? Uh, Broken, Broken Dove. Dove. Broken Dove, which <laughs> is, an, is supposed to keep kids off the street or off drugs. keep them off drugs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The doctor who ran the Broken Dove was also a famous actor mm -hmm. whose name I can't remember, but I see him everywhere. Yeah. Um, it's one of those movies that gradually escalates. You, mm -hmm. It starts with a scene of him uh, fencing with one of his campaign operatives. Yep. Uh, and oh, and it's film documentary style. So there's literally a documentarian. Yes. Who is? Uh, he's not the cameraman, unlike in uh, what was the oh um, what's the one in the desert with the. Hippies. Oh, uh, Punishment Park. Punishment Park. Uh, <clears throat> in this one, you actually see the documentarian. He's this old, older English gentleman, and he actually stands in front of the camera and talks. And uh, you see the also older British gentleman documentarian in Punishment Park. You see him cameraman. only once, though. He play, he is not the cameraman, but he does right. come out to yell at the police at one point. <laughs> at one point, yes. And it's also an older British man, which I think is funny. Yes. <laughs> So there's a documentarian following him around. So the the style of the film is documentary style. Mm -hmm. It isn't 100% film that way. Sometimes it's handheld camera in like in the bus and stuff. You can tell that there's just a guy holding a camera. Yeah. And uh, in the assassination scene, that's obviously a handheld camera. That happens much later in the movie. Yeah. Um, but there are also scenes that are filmed like just a regular movie with a camera. Yeah, I mean, so when they are doing interviews, it is also done more like this is an interview, uh, and then it, sometimes the camera is moving around through mm -hmm. a right. So there's a scene venue. fairly early on where he's being interviewed from by the lady from Carmen San Diego, where you your perspective or the perspective of the viewer is somebody in the studio. Uh, standing a little distance away from where they're sitting, mm -hmm. and then occasionally it will close. You you will get a close up, like and you get a close up on the camera the monitor. monitor as well. Yeah, yeah. And there's lots of scenes of a television with a newscaster, Talking. like James Spader or Helen Hunt or Susan Sarandon or Ray Ward or Peter Gallagher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, um, just giving a broadcast and talking about events that are happening. Mm -hmm. Let's see, early on, they visit the Broken Dove place and yeah. talk about what that is. And you gradually, over time, you see more. You um, There's a guy in the background, Bugs, and I never really got his last name. Ripplin? Ripplin, yeah. In the context of this movie, which I'm not sure when it's supposed to take place exactly. I think it takes place in 1990. In the 19... Or 1991 or 92. Uh, they establish that nationally, there is talk about invading iraq to depose saddam hussein mm -hmm. and there is some sort of economic turmoil in philadelphia at least if not nationwide because that is also the backdrop of before they get into bob roberts and his whole biz it's like well why is he running he's running to say we need to get into the war and we need to Make sure everybody makes some money. And keep people off drugs. There's apparently a drug Yes, there's epidemic. a war on drugs going on. And they, they, there's a quote later in the movie about, it's about how, you know, we have this drug crisis. Mm -hmm. I think it was something that the Esposito character said, that Bugs said. 
Yeah, I mean, he he is when he is introduced. That is his main concern. Is like, didn't you say, Bob Roberts, that crack is you know the great equalizer right. or something like that? So you Bugs gradually becomes more and more noticeable. There's a few scenes at the beginning where he tries to talk to Bob Roberts and is just you know shouldered out of the way, mm-hmm. and then he gradually becomes more and more. Either he becomes more aggressive or they become more aware of him. And at one point, they actually do allow him to sort of interview Bob Roberts. Yeah, for a second. Uh, while he is traveling from a dressing room trying to get to a stage. And um, in that particular scene, Bob Roberts and his group, they get lost in like the labyrinth under the theater. <laughs> yep. Which I read was an homage to Spinal Tap because mm-hmm. there's apparently a scene in Spinal Tap where Spinal Tap gets lost and can't find their way to the stage. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a famous scene. Um, and... and in that scene... The Bugs character starts to explain, you know, his theories or what he is discovering about Bob Roberts' corruption. Yes. It's also, before that scene, somewhere towards the beginning of this movie, and this is not Bugs' character, I think this is the documentarian, he explains that Alan Rickman's character is sort of this shadowy ex-CIA figure who is who has basically elevated Bob Roberts into this position? Mm-hmm. The Bob Roberts is famous, but that suddenly he's been attached. That suddenly he has this famous, powerful operative attached to his campaign, and now he has a real shot at running for Senate. Yeah, there were times very various other movies sort of came into my mind while I was watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them being the Manchurian Candidate. Mm-hmm. I actually sure. thought about that. Even though he is fully aware of what's happening, he's not a brainwashed guy. Right. But you still kind of get a flavor of some sort of Manchurian candidate with a hidden agenda for getting into power. I mean, that's stated pretty directly by both Bugs and Senator Paste because they're like, I've met this guy and I don't get any impression of what he's like or who he is. Senator Paste is his opponent. Yes. Played by Gore Vidal. <laughs> public yeah. intellectual Gore Vidal. That's right. <laughs> Uh, who, in some of the scenes, uh, as I understand it, uh, he was just told to use his own views as the views of Senator Paste. So mm. some of that's not scripted, I believe. Interesting. Good job. And he, mm-hmm. I mean, he is kind of established as like smart and put together, but not charismatic. Mm-hmm. Right. There, there's a scene of them debating which is pretty sad because Senator Paste is basically saying, you know, we've got a lot of problems and that we might have to sacrifice, but, you know, the purpose of government is to help the people and make sure everybody's okay and that we have good health care, et cetera. And Bob Roberts on the other side is like... Cut taxes. Yeah. Everybody needs more in their paycheck. We should all be rich. We, <laughs> we <laughs> just try to be rich, guys, or whatever. And that's basically the content of the songs that he perf- performs throughout the movie is... All they're all basically, you should be able to get rich if you try. And anybody who's whining about not having enough is lazy. Uh, yeah. Right. It's There's one fault. song where he literally says, "People don't have enough, and they want." And they. There's the haves and the have nots. The haves and the haves not. And they're always complaining. They're complaining. Right. That's the word that he uses. What a great and, song! And there's a <laughs> song called "Drug Stink," which is all, all about how people who use drugs are terrible. You should. Mm-hmm. Basically lynch them, I guess. Kind of. Yeah, suggested. that was he. He was like, "Don't do drugs and grab a rope." <laughs> right, yeah. and in the lyrics, it's like you should hang the drugs, except that 
it doesn't really no. sound like that. <laughs> it was not the implication. No, no, that's the vibe of all the songs, really. I mean, they're satirical in... In real Out, life. Yeah, in real <laughs> yeah. life. Outside of the, the context of the movie. So uh, they were concerned that, you know, the movie, the songs are really good. Yeah. Very well done. And they made it a part of the contract that there would not be a soundtrack. That uh, those that was songs... an interview I read with Tim Robbins where he's like, right. no. No, because they didn't want the songs to be played out of context because oh, yes. that's good. they are very bad. Yes, that was the interview I read from Tim Robbins. Of, in 2017, it was the 25-year uh, anniversary of Bob Roberts. And they asked him about that. And he's like, I don't want to hear someone else playing these songs in their car. Like, that's not, I don't want to hear a right-wing radio guy playing these songs. Right. So we're not releasing these ever. And one of the reasons that I asked you while we were watching it, what was the name of that uh, YouTuber that does the movie? Yeah, Lindsay uh, Ellis. Analysis, Lindsay Ellis. And she had done one of the producers. Yeah, that's a good, that's a really good one. Makes uh makes fun of Nazis. Mm-hmm. And it, I think that was the, that was the episode where she talks about basically Nazism and in media in in movies mm-hmm. and which movies were adopted and the producer was one that nazis, nazis don't do like not the like. producers but they do like american history x because right. you can misinterpret or ignore the ending and go like well this movie shows nazis doing their thing right and he's the hero whereas the producers the nazism is always a these guys are stupid. Like, this is a stupid thing. But it's got such a catchy song. It does. <laughs> but so does Bob Roberts. And it kind of made me wonder if, you know, they obviously haven't adopted the songs from Bob Roberts. I bet they could if they, they want. I yeah. bet if you looked on YouTube, there's somebody playing those songs. Maybe. It is also, that is also true of Blazing Saddles. Mm. Racist white folk do not love bla- the attitudes <laughs> displayed in Blazing Saddles, although there's a lot of racism on display. Because it's always shown in a dumb, as, as a joke, as a punchline. Right. This movie, I saw it, I, I think I saw it on video, so it wouldn't have been the year that it came out. But I remembered it fondly mm-hmm. and as a satire. But watching it now, it, I didn't, it wasn't funny at all no. to me. It was tough. It was still no. a good movie. Of course, yeah. I laughed at Game Change. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really not funny. Mm-mm. Yeah, but it's because she didn't win. Sorry, right. sorry, spoiler alert, guys. Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> My vote. All right. So he's gradually, he's going, he's having a campaign, basically. Uh, and he, he starts to lose popularity throughout the movie. They kind of, they kind of do what campaigns do. They tell you how they're doing against, how the opponents are doing. He's embroiled in scandal. He's embroiled in scandal. And he, he has potentially also embroiled his opponent in scandal. There, they have yeah. the uh, Gore Vidal character. Uh, Senator Paste has been, it's been suggested that he had an affair with a teenage campaign friend of his staffer. daughter or something. Oh, well, a campaign staffer. A campaign staffer. And then he says, no, I know her because she's my granddaughter's friend and I was giving them both a ride home. And, she, and my da- granddaughter was in the car. Yeah. You just can't see her in the photo. That's just right. not the, yeah. Uh, and it's suggested the Bob Roberts campaign are the one that are sort of pushing that leaked that photo message. that looked and Bob Roberts campaign manager played by Alan Rickman is embroiled in a scandal where they're saying well Broken Dove is not taking money to fight drugs it's actually taking money to funnel 
guns? They took money. No, they, they got a grant to build oh, low-income housing yeah. and instead used it to buy airplanes. To smuggle drugs. Right. To smuggle drugs. Yeah, it's Iran-Contra Iran business. Again, the Elliot Abrams sort of vibe for this character. Maybe not specifically, but kind of has that similar character traits. Right. And it, the campaign or the, um, nope. Oh, the word is gone completely. <laughs> the bad stuff that Bob Roberts is doing, mm -hmm. uh, his scandal, that's the word I'm looking oh, for. Sure. His scandal is much more powerful than the other one because one's real and one's not, basically. Yeah. But it's not as sexy. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not a sex scandal. It's, it's not a sex scandal. That's never suggested for Bob Roberts. It's just corruption, which... So you know, it's com it's you know complicated because it's no it's numerous steps of this fake company you know borrowing money from this company and goes bankrupt and it's just a long trail to follow. Boring. So it's, yeah, it's not interesting. <laughs> emails. It's not the sound I bite. want something about emails. <laughs> you scared me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so yeah, it's not as salacious because yeah, it doesn't it doesn't get distilled down to something digestible. Yeah, mm, but his his uh, campaign starts to go down. He starts to lose points. Mm -hmm. He. Goes on a show called Since Cutting Edge, oh, Cutting Edge Live, Live right, uh -huh. which is hosted by. It's in New York. <laughs> <laughs> it's a late night comedy show in Sketch New York. Sketch comedy show yeah. in New York. That's you know live. what I love is any movie or TV show that tries to do a fake Saturday Night Live. Yeah. It looks so bad. Yeah. It's so lame. I yeah. thought they did a good job of making those two. I mean, these are basically just background characters who play two immigrants. They got the flavor of oh yeah, uh, Dan Aykroyd and Steve Martin pretty well without <laughs> without using any of the same things. Yeah, where it's like this is sort of vaguely racist, and it also isn't funny at all. With yeah, <laughs> just yeah, they got the flavor of the wild and crazy guys, two wild and crazy guys from yeah. the. 80s i guess or 70s mm -hmm. maybe mm -hmm. um and these they didn't even do anything these were just like they were performing to the side you know it was a sketch that <laughs> was background. happening while something else was going on yeah uh john kuzak is the host of the show in his bowler hat for some reason he had a he scarf had a bowler, and hat a bowler hat over his scarf his do <laughs> it, was so another, lame. it was another time <laughs> it was so lame looking who do you think he's supposed to be on saturday night live some dude some bill murray famous you actor. think so yeah <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, but there is no host of Saturday Night Live, so no, right? That's the other part. Well, no, I mean, I think, I think that's the point is that he's the flavor of the week host, and that's why he was so irritated doing those promos because you know, in one of the promos where he says, you know, I'm hosting this week, and I was told it was going to be a different musical guest. guest, you know, and so he's, I think he's upset because he probably was misled on who was going to be on the show with him that week. Right. So the host does not like Bob Roberts and the producer of the show or the stage, the stage runner or whatever she is, mm -hmm. the producer. She also does not like Bob Roberts and... But the Lorne Michaels Lord Michael type character. is saying, well, the network said we need to have Bob Roberts on and he can perform one of his songs and it doesn't They're, have to be the song. Well, they switch it at the last minute. It, yeah, you know. but he's saying he's going to switch it, and they're like, "You can't," and then he does it anyway. Yeah. Right, and there's an implication that the studio, that the network, has just been purchased by people who are more favorable to Bob yes. Roberts. Um, so he's not. He's supposed to sing a song about Don't stop smoke. smoking, Don't smoke. <laughs> uh, and then he gets up there and he starts doing a different song, the song that he wanted to do, and then the producer runs over and unplugs everything. Yeah, well, first she tells the Lorne Michaels. Michaels type, like, "Hey." Played this, by Bob, this is disgusting. That's played by Bob Balaban. That's his yeah. role. 
And then that doesn't go anywhere. And he accuses her of being upset because she's on her period. That's right. So then she goes and yanks the cords out and disconnects the show. Mm -hmm. This movie really hits on all the things. Oh, it's everything. So there's a scene where Bob Roberts is basically hosting a beauty pageant. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oh, boy. (laughs) Interesting. I I mean, so it's got... And and anytime he's being interviewed by someone and he doesn't like the question, he accuses them of being biased. Mm-hmm. and not objective and coming in with an agenda and a it's slam like game right. change yeah and you know he and he says that's what that's what you reporters do like he's you should you know, be already objective. The that's what he says yeah. what's interesting so he is basically trump except that nobody knew that <laughs> well except that he's erudite he's, he's yeah that's the thing uh, young and he's Eloquent. very yeah which is to say that they hadn't figured out they didn't need to have any of those qualities to I mean, Trump, to push their agenda. Yeah, right. Like the more and the longer we've had Trump in power, the more himself he's become. Like right. It's it's just been a downward spiral. Uh, there's been some suggestion that Sarah Palin, who we will be talking about in a little Briefly, bit, yeah. sort of opened the door to a yes. Trump style politician because yeah. she 100%. is that <laughs> she is that style politician, and she was able to be very popular. Yes. With a although, certain group of people. Although, interestingly, her popularity outlasted her campaign, but it has waned. Yes. Like, yeah. she has... And as, you know, the when I remember when I watched Bob Roberts in college, I remember I got it from Netflix. The reason I got it is there was a lot of... I was reading articles and stuff because this was during Glenn Beck's ascent into the mainstream, where he was appearing on magazine covers and stuff and they're like he's bob roberts glenn beck is bob roberts mm. he has the same appeal and also basically the same views but and can glenn... he sing <laughs> no and but also glenn beck has flamed out enormously all i can remember about glenn beck is the crying the right yeah and but his he was conspiracy boards like he was he was almost certainly on the cover of time at some point he was the new right he was the new right guy he was like rush limbaugh for a they while. showed rush rush limbaugh was in bob roberts briefly there was, was a he? scene of no. Re- oh no. maybe he was in the other movie he's right? mentioned in the, in other, the movie. other movie uh, i thought john I mccain saw... says don't, don't get yeah, co-opted don't get by those. limbaugh I, they must have shown a scene of him on tv or something i don't mean he was they, in the movie i just mean i remember seeing his image he probably was if he was going to be anywhere it would have been in game change because yeah. this right. was i think pre-rush limbaugh it is Height. Yeah, but I but Glenn Beck that Glenn Beck was the reason I watched Bob Roberts and both Glenn Beck and Sarah Palin like rose for a while and then kind of fell off. And I honestly I think it's they don't in a world where Trump exists and is popular, their style of conservatism and racism and whatnot has lost its punch. Uh, punch. Yeah, you they even they're a little too subtle. Uh, you don't see Sarah Palin or Bob Roberts talking about rapists running over the border. Like, that is beyond their level. Yeah. And so they've just, they're not... They're not extreme enough. No, they're not extreme enough. They're not popular. And I I suspect that Sarah Palin probably be considered co-opted. She ran with John McCain. She's not an independent anymore. I don't know. So anyway, in Bob Roberts, uh, (laughs) he starts to lose popularity in the polls, and... Uh, that's when he goes on cutting edge, cutting live. edge live, and uh, as he, this reminded me of the scene from uh, the Sean Penn movie. Oh uh, yeah, was that the one where they did the scene of Bob Kennedy being? Oh no no no! I was thinking of the one where he at the end of the movie Harvey gets, Milk. 
no, no. no. Sean Penn. <laughs> so many assassinations. No, no, the one with, with um, isn't isn't didn't, wasn't he the one in the movie where he got shot right on the seal and the blood is coming out? Oh, that movie. That movie. Yeah, there's. I can't tell which movie was, either of you are referencing okay, so, because there's so many movies we watched where someone was shot. That was All the King's Men. Yeah. There were two. We watched two All the yes. King's Men, and at the end of one of them, two people are killed. Yeah. Right. And they land on the seal, the and then the, the blood, blood goes everywhere. Yeah. No, I was <laughs> thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> so lame. One of our more recent movies we watched it has um, back has, round footage from Bobby Kennedy's. Uh, it was more like they. Um, Oh, I know what it was. It was Medium Cool. Yes. Medium right. Cool, they do a scene. They didn't have... It wasn't actual Bobby Kennedy, but at the time, because it was right after Bobby Kennedy was killed, it was sort of this coded scene where there's where someone is going into a kitchen mm-hmm. surrounded, and you'd only see people from their backs. Mm-hmm. You don't actually see, but you know that this is Bobby Kennedy's assassination. And in Bob Roberts, as he's walking, you know, he's got all his secret... There aren't even secret... Well, he's got some, some secret, secret service, service or whatever they are, and... And his campaign people are all around him with their mm-hmm. whatever. But you only see him from the back. And I saw that and it was just like, this is an assassination scene. Yes. And then he, sure enough, he gets shot. Well, first Bugs Raplin runs right. up to him and starts yelling at him. And then gunshots fire off. Right. And they tackle Bugs. And then the camera follows Bob getting carried out by his people to an ambulance right and what's really interesting is there's no blood on no him. there's no blood. No. but when they take him out and it's not an ambulance no it's a, a car. it's a car yeah and then when they take him out of the car he's all covered in blood yes and then his personal doctor the same doctor we saw at the broken dove uh facility at the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie mm-hmm. is the doctor that comes out and talks about how one of the bullets has hit his spine who, who and he is paralyzed you know, notable personal physician who <laughs> talks on his behalf. Oh, I can't wait to talk about that later in this episode. That'll be fun. So, uh, yeah, Bob Roberts is paralyzed. I don't know what happens to Senator Paste at this point. He other loses. than, I mean, I know he loses yeah, he the election. Falls out of the movie. So you see the rabid fans. We didn't really talk about the fans either. So no. all throughout the movie, there are these three boys. They're originally introduced to Bob Roberts with their mother. And their mother She's the mayor is... of a local yeah. town they're in. Yeah, she's um, a politician. But they basically are these three three young men wearing Matching tan trench coats and with... and uh, like suits and ties underneath. I think. Yes, and they rabidly follow him everywhere. Not they're obviously unhinged, like... right? Oh yeah, <laughs> Jack Black especially. Yeah. Yes, I mean, they, at they the have end the shifty of... eyes and the <laughs> well, they're just weird so smiles. every time he's anywhere nearby, they become so nervous and. Um, I want to say, I think I'm manic. Yeah, it's almost sexual the way that they. Yeah. Yeah, and and at, towards the end of the movie, Jack Black has the word Bob written on his forehead In pen with and... the O has a cross through it. Right. Like it's it's he is clearly crazy. Yes, and I I assumed they were gonna kill somebody or do something. But I did too. Actually, were... do. Yeah. Well, they do beat up that one guy after yeah, they do beat up after they're waiting outside of the um, oh after precinct to see if the guy who was arrested gets released, and mm-hmm. they see they hear oh he's being transferred to another station. So as they're running down the street, they just beat up that random dude. Right. So yeah. Bugs is arrested for the assassination attempt. Although, oh, I'm sorry, we forgot a scene that I just want to briefly mention. There's a scene prior to Cutting Edge Live where it's a rally for Bob Roberts where he's playing or concert or whatever it is. 
and some protesters show up and they get oh, beaten yeah. severely um and then interviewed after the the crowd gets so angry and, and violent that they a fight breaks out and they grab a bunch of the protesters and beat them up they're at um pennsylvania university because yes. later oh, he that's blames right. it on State. the you know the liberal agitators in the crowd and, right. at that universities and i bring that up both because the the violence in this movie escalates from the start and also because this will come up when we talk about game change mm-hmm. right so basically, yeah, violence breaks out at Penn State mm-hmm. uh, between the Bob Roberts uh, supporters and protesters. the protesters. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, but yeah, Bob Roberts is shot. Bugs is arrested. Uh, we see. And that's when um, Strathern, the actor, um, he shows up. He's a policeman or a detective or something. He wasn't on my list either. You mean his attorney? That's Bugs' attorney. Oh, is that an attorney? Yeah, yeah, it's his attorney. He's got a hippie attorney who wears Uh a denim jacket. I get it. Okay. Yes, and he talks to the documentarians shortly after this and says, Bugs has cerebral palsy. He has palsy in his hand. He could never fire a gun. His His right hand does not work. Right. And yeah, so he says the gun must have been planted on him because his right hand fingerprints were found on it. So, and also Bugs was there and, <laughs> and saw the person fire into the ground. Yeah, fire two shots. And there was no, the you know, gunpowder on him or any of his clothes. Also, and... the documentarian was filming at the time, and I don't remember if they ever said that the documentarians uh, that the film actually showed any evidence. No, and and kind of they mentioned that it was sort of um, purposely meant to block their camera because uh, there's oh, is a, that why the lady, the kissy fanatic, lady, yeah, fanatical <laughs> lady who you know, runs up and gives Bob a kiss right beforehand, you know, and runs right. in front of the camera and she says, you know, it's my fault. I'm a curse. Or, you know, Somebody told me I'm to go luck. kiss and, him. You know, they right. told me it was okay. They told me he wanted me to. One of the secret service guys yeah. told her mm-hmm. that it, she, it was okay for her to run up and kiss Bob Roberts. And we also at some point here see there's an interview with Bugs and he's explaining like, yeah, this guy's a crook. I know all about their money and their, gun, you know, their ru- drug running um and their involvement in this bank that went under like he's fully aware of the corruption involved and just isn't able to get any traction publishing it but he's not giving up he says no. like he's, right. he's got this all this down. and yeah yeah so basically at the end of the movie oh bob roberts also releases a new album mid- on the new day video of the election on the day of the election he's meanwhile he's paralyzed he's at home laying in bed mm-hmm. um but Probably. he releases this somewhat uh Prescient. Prescient <laughs> song i want to live is the name of the song yes and and in the video there's a it's bob roberts in a civil war not civil war a revolutionary oh. war uniform okay. And a hippie guy that looks like he's in Godspell with his long hair. <laughs> yes. And they're, Paste they're having a duel. Um, yeah. And they walk 10 paces and turn around and the hippie dude pulls out a feather. First. Because the pen is mightier than the sword, yeah, guys. Yeah, the pen's mightier oh, than the sword. Oh, silly liberals. Bob Roberts is going to shoot him, but he can't. But he can't because he's just got a feather. And then he, Bob Roberts turns around and you sing into the camera and you see the hippie guy getting what appears to be a a bazooka, a bazooka. <laughs> mm-hmm. and he's gonna shoot him but then bob roberts shoots the hippie and yeah. then he turns back to the camera and smiles mm-hmm. and With his an song like smile. resurrects all the like the guys previously in business dead suits. businessmen mm-hmm. in the fields that have been strewn about yeah 
then we find out there's a candlelight vigil at Bob Roberts's house. Yes, and they're okay. There's so there's two scenes that happen. When does the mm-hmm. this, the banquet is first? The banquet before that. Yeah. No, it's... the banquet's after, which I thought was weird. No, the banquet is before because that's the last scene. Is the hotel? Is the hotel the last no. scene yeah. or the banquet the, the last? No, scene? banquet banquet first. They, there's the candlelight vigil where you see Bob Roberts because he's still in bed. That's right. That's no, part of it. No, because he. He is still in bed, but <laughs> that's a different video. That's when he's like giving his like his like uh, I'm happy that I won thing. Oh right, like, he during, wins the election by the, the election. way. We didn't that's say. that's when we see him in the in the bed. Then there's the later scene where he's at the banquet, like giving his celebration performance because he's gone to D.C. at this point. Oh no, no, the celebration when he's in the bed is that Bugs has been killed. No, no, no. Mm-mm. what? You're remembering it wrong. No. You're remembering it wrong. When he's laying in the bed, he has just won the election. And he gives a little speech that says, "I'm going to go to Washington and I'm going to change oh, things." I'm and thinking of a different scene than the two. Of and his mom, his wife is holding yeah. his his then, wife who never speaks. Yeah. Is then holding he goes his hand. to D.C. and he performs at the reception, and that's where the cameraman zooms in and On shows his foot, his foot, foot is tapping. Yeah. Yes. And then we go to, to the vigil, the vigil uh-huh. outside his room. Because We're, it's not really a vigil as much as like they're just obsessed they're just fans. Standing right. there, they're just yeah. outside the hotel. They figured out which hotel he's staying at and are staring at the window. And they're like, oh, we saw him earlier. He waved to us. And I don't know why they're still there. <laughs> just in silence. Yeah. <laughs> they're just creepy. It's like yeah. cult. So the last, the, so then uh, one of the three fanboys runs up and says, "We got him! We got him!" Or you know G- that the no, that's what they say. We got yeah, him. The bugs character has been killed. Yeah, has been murdered. Somebody found him. Uh, and then it cuts to the one, the littlest fanboy is still sitting on the ground, staring up at Bob Roberts' window. Mm-hmm. And you see a silhouette of someone obviously walking on their legs yes. to turn off a light in the room. You're right. And then. Um... Yeah, the next scene, I think it is. There's another scene they're in, after yes, that? They're in a There's car. There's a scene of a car driving. You hear the radio. Because the radio is explaining that like, Bugs was killed by that, well, I want to call them alt-right. What did they call them? Uh, the new, the something new of, right? Yeah, the new right who are dedicated to righting the wrongs of the of, criminal justice system. The justice system, system or yeah. Something. Uh, they, have, they, they were killed by a vigilante alt-right yes, group, basically. Right. Yeah. The, the end. end. The end, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, a, a it's a good movie. There's it's some great. really amazing things about it. I mean, it was written, directed, and starring Tim Robbins. It was funny at one time. Did did you laugh at something? Not oh, you mean time. at one time in yeah, history? Yeah, it, it would have been like yeah. absurd and when he falls off his motorcycle, it's funny. That was yeah. actually pretty funny. I and I you know, I remember the songs being funnier. It was just Yeah, like, they are funny. Or well, they would have they're, been. Yeah, they're funny when you think like no one could really like this be this dumb. extreme this and right and like it's person. such a parody of you know anybody. And then they're like, oh no no, we now live in a documentary now. We went to truly the believe these glass. things. Yeah, they're not they're not as funny. Uh, he he went on. He was a host on Saturday Night Live to promote this movie, hmm. and he did a sketch as Bob Roberts. There apparently was a like featurette about that was him before. So on SNL. That was part of the interview I read. Right. Weird. So the movie he had been thinking about this character. He actually wrote a short film for Saturday Night Live. Oh, that must with be with Bob it. Roberts. Uh, he wasn't a politician in the in the short film. This mm-hmm. was you know before the movie, 
it's where the character originated originated from apparently so <laughs> originated, <he> had, originated. <laughs> uh, he was working on this idea for this character and so he did this short film to sort of see if this character would work and yeah. in it he was a folk singer businessman as opposed to a politician and apparently it worked and so he went ahead and developed the character but then in 1992 when the movie was released in october he actually was the guest host of saturday night live and he did a sketch as the full-fledged bob roberts folk singer guy where there he's at a campfire sitting around a campfire with all the kids and they're doing it's a book burning oh and they sing <laughs> they sing a song about burning books gotcha okay great and that that you can see i couldn't find the short film yeah you can actually go to the saturday night live website and you can watch all the sketches that tim robbins was in mm. in that episode okay. including that one it wasn't funny <laughs> oh, okay. i did not find it funny um too yeah. close to home and now. maybe it was funny at the time <laughs> yeah. but again right yeah that was my much of my feeling watching this i would say i was impressed by how modern it felt i guess like this movie does not feel dated like no. some of the movies mm. we do i think the uh, yeah, some of the style. I mean, like all the women had 80s hair. Yeah. They were all... Sure. And uh, that makes sense because they're conservative women. And so they're, yeah, they're right. hair, this is 1992, but they were styled like... 1990. Going or, into or, or, I mean, Yeah, pre-1990s with definitely 80s hair. Mm -hmm. That was like 1985 hair. Yeah. Which is kind of how conservative style works. It's always a little bit... <laughs> It's traditional. Right. It's yes, more, that's right. It's more it's traditional. Very, it's, it's more what, conservative. It's whatever you had when you were in high school. You just stick with it forever <laughs> for the rest of your life. Yeah. Uh, just take a look at Donald J. Trump. Well, so, his hair also, has changed in a way. Uh, but also look at his suit. It was exactly the same kind of suit that mm -hmm. these guys were wearing because mm -hmm. that was his heyday. Frumpy, uh, slightly Now that's... I mean, if you want something that makes me laugh, it's to talk about Donald J. Trump's outfits or hair. <laughs> Those are funny. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's another parallel is in this movie, Bob Roberts keeps lying about his background mm -hmm. and how he got started and how his parents were too <laughs> hippie and liberal for him. And they were basically abusing him because they smoked pot. Mm -hmm. And so he ran away from home and joined and, a military school. No, no. He went out and got a job that's so that right. he could buy, you know, right. pay his way through the school of his choice. And then we find out, no, actually, he like forged a check from his mom and like joined military school. And yeah, like so he keeps is spreading this myth of the self-made man when actually mm -hmm. like he just got all this money from his parents and right he is the picture <laughs> of the white privileged yeah. male and but oh, again so like you've read esquire who, who wants people to put who who says you just need to want it bad enough. but he yeah. says it often enough that no one actually corrects him on it ever it just becomes it's just yeah the it's truth just the thing. Right. yeah that leads us into game change <laughs> <laughs> pretty yeah I mean, it, exactly. I, I think you would say Sarah Palin was kind of the same at, in terms of the clothes that you wore and her hair sure. and all of that. Mm -hmm. It is not, was not, you know, modern 2008 type style. No. It was very conservative. Well, for a little, she's she, a little less conservative actually in her clothing. Yeah. She liked but, the clothes she was getting, but they were definitely of a style. Yeah. yeah. They were all tailored wool suits and skirts what an interesting movie and also person <laughs> interesting yeah. yeah i mean yeah so game change is uh unlike the book i think i said this already earlier but uh mm -hmm. the book covers a lot more it covers it starts with the obama campaign and then it goes to the mccain campaign and then the end of the the whole thing uh it was written 
Game Change is a few years old. I don't I don't remember when it came out, but it came out shortly after the 2008 election, election I believe. You said 2012 earlier. That's, well, the, that's movie. the movie. Oh, that's which the movie. Uh, sure. Which would have been produced okay. after. Yeah. No, sorry. I right. misunderstood. Um, so the movie focuses just on the Sarah Palin part of the story. Mm-hmm. And everything, almost everything that you see Good. in there is in the book. Uh, in that section of the book all of those things that is based on interviews with people in the campaign if i remember correctly it's really interesting so i've read a lot of i'm sir palin i know is not (laughs) does not believe the the book or movie is accurate shocking (laughs) (laughs) for some reason well i will say so katie couric you know in the movie she does some interviews with with uh, i mean she's not there's no actress in that no it's just the interview in most of the interviews they use the actual footage of the interviewer and then um, gump them into this yeah gump them into the scene with the actor who's portraying either sarah palin or mccain or whoever yeah um oh there's several scenes of obama but they're all just obama on a screen actual obama joe biden is in it briefly but not really what was i gonna say you, what, you were saying something about the accuracy of the story. Oh, that's right. I was talking about Katie Couric's interviews. Mm-hmm. So she, Katie Couric has a podcast. I mm-hmm. can't remember the name of the podcast, but if you look up Katie Couric, you'll find it. Yeah, um, And she, on the, in, on the anniversary of those two interviews, she did two episodes on those interviews that she did oh, really? with Sarah Palin. Yes. That's fine. And she interviewed, like, uh, the lady, I don't know what that actress's name, but the one who was, like, her helper the whole time, mm-hmm. Sarah Palin's helper. Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson. Oh, yeah. Was that, the actress's name? No, that's the <laughs> yes, that's the actress's name. She's playing Nicole Wallace. Right, Sarah Paulson's character, uh, Nicole. Nicole Wallace. Wallace. She talks. Nicole. She talks to <laughs> Nicole Wallace on the podcast. Okay. And everything that she says matches what was in the book. What you know, which mm-hmm. is in the movie, right? Well, I remember prepare, what I was going right? to say. What? That she would not prepare. She didn't want to prepare. Uh, that there was a point where she stopped. Yeah. She definitely went through, Sarah Palin definitely went through a period of some sort of depression or, you know, yeah. catatonia or something. She had a bad mental problem yeah. that occurred in the course of, the, you know, after the bad interviews where mm-hmm. she yeah, didn't she recover very dragged well. pretty hard. Um, and she also, but that's not what I was going to say. I remember what I was going <laughs> to say now. So I've read a, I read a whole bunch of biographies for some various different episodes that we did. Mm-hmm. And I came to realize there's like a pattern that people use in biographies um and there's a similar pattern that people use when they're doing this sort of book about a campaign or whatever okay um so for biographies though for some reason they will go back and like do the entire lineage of the person they're by <laughs> they're writing the biography <laughs> about so like nixon they went back to his great-grandparents sure. and then they traveled here and they went there and they did this yeah um for in this type of book. So I read Game Change. I read I, right now. I'm I'm reading uh, Chasing Hillary. Hillary. Uh, I listened to uh, Uncovering Clinton, which is not actually about a campaign, but it's about the Monica Lewinsky stuff. Um, there was oh, and I I read another book that is fairly recent about it's like losing Camelot or something like that. And it's about the oh, yeah. it's about the campaign the Kennedy uh, Kennedy and Carter. So Carter had a challenger, which is really uncommon, and they sort of attribute the fact that an incumbent president had a challenger with his losing and also sort of tearing up the Democratic Party mm. and kind of why the Democratic Party is the way that it is now is, mm. and why it lost so much power is because of this 
campaign where they had an incumbent president, which is not supposed to be challenged, and then this this pretty popular guy mm-hmm. challenged him, which is may happen to Trump. I was gonna say, didn't somebody just recently announce that they're gonna yeah yeah run? Uh, I can't remember I his name. Yeah, some some, some, some no guy, some 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 nobody. No, 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 I've heard of him before though. Like he's he's I mean he's not a no name guy. Yeah. He's not like super currently relevant, but he's a guy that was something. He's yeah. run, he has run before, yeah. I believe they said. Um, but yeah, he Trump may have some challengers, which could, which is why this book is relevant. Mm. Why the book about Camelot is relevant, or the end of Camelot, or something like that. Anyway, the, these books they start with the authors of the book saying, you know, explaining, spending a chapter to explain, you know, where characters say this, it means that they actually said those things. Where characters, where we characterize things this way, that means we got it secondhand from somebody who was there. Or they set the ground rules for. We're writing a book about things that actually happened, and this is how we. This is why you can rely on this okay. telling of this story. So, in Game Change, in Game Change, they actually interviewed people that were there, or they were there, or they, you know, they the, they. So it's probably pretty accurate, right? To what happened. And you know, just for the fact that you know, Katie Couric interviewed Nicole Wallace, mm-hmm. and how she is characterized, how the Nicole Wallace character is characterized in the book game change and what kind of thing she went through, which is depicted in the movie. seems like that's pretty accurate that that is kind of what happened. She got fed up and she's pretty sympathetic in the movie. It feels very (laughs) believable. Right. Yeah. She's trying really hard. And And there you, you from time to time get the feeling in the movie that the people surrounding McCain are like, I don't know if we should be doing this. They never say it out loud. Yeah. Right. Um, but in but in post McCain campaign interviews, they say it out loud. Like right. we shouldn't have done that. She shouldn't have been that close to the presidency. Not a good idea. Yeah, it's very to me it was very watching this movie is very interesting because they did a good job, accurate or not, of laying out both why Sarah Palin acted the way she did throughout that campaign and also why they thought she was a good candidate and Mm-hmm. How that changed over the course of like what, once they got months? to know her, <laughs> um, right. three months. I remember that. Can- like I remember oh, yeah. that whole process of the rise and fall. Yeah, the rise and fall. But in when I I remember watching it live, being like, "Why is she here? What mm-hmm. is what? What was the idea behind this?" But the movie lays out a pretty good like she's really good at this part of her job, and they focused only on that when they interviewed her, and so they thought she was going to be great. Well, I think that sentiment. I guess that is in the book about them really sort of acknowledging that they made a mistake and that she had no business being that close to the presidency is um, done really well in the movie by bookending the beginning and the end with the same scene, which is the interview with Anderson Cooper, where he asks, you know, if you could go back (laughs) and, you know, pick someone else again, um, you know, is that what you would do? And that's, you know, they open with that question and then they end the movie with the same question, but then with, Woody Harrelson's character answering it. Which is so, like, can't go back. Can't go back, but yeah, we would not. Right. So Woody Har- Harrelson, who's kind of the main character mm-hmm. of this yeah, movie. for sure. Or at least he's the catalyst for the things yeah, that happen. Yeah, it's, it's his perspective. Uh, he's Steve Schmidt. And mm-hmm. I don't, he's the campaign manager? Manager? Question mark? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. He's top guy. He seems John like McCain's it. top guy, who McCain wants to come out of retirement to do this. For just one more job. Right. And he doesn't want to initially, and then he does. 
Like John McCain's asking him. We also briefly see a scene of Edwards, who is running on the Democratic side, yeah. doing something with his hair, which yeah, I guess I was... No, that. Yeah, that was, oh, that, that was like, such a big thing. That, yeah, that hit sort of... That flip. was... Okay, so... He had two scandals, so that I kinda, really killed him. I kind of feel like people should read the book Game Change, because it goes into such detail. It does the Clinton campaign, it does the Edwards campaign, it does the, the yeah. Obama if, campaign. If I recall correctly, the, there was this thing where John Edwards... Had really expensive haircuts, right? Yeah, that's and what he, it was. Oh, yeah, there he was had, like a, ten thousand dollar haircut or something like was that. Was he the? No, that was Obama that made a made somebody wait for a haircut. Is that Obama? I don't remember that. that was a, I just remember Edwards. It was like a big thing that he got regular haircuts and they were really expensive. Yeah, and so they got this like B roll footage of him somewhere just looking into a camera like playing with his hair and they set it to the song i feel pretty mm-hmm. <laughs> um and they just sort of you know, that. had a viral then, clip of that and then he had an affair yeah but <laughs> that was yes. luckily that was, was already on his down right on yeah end of that campaign. right so it, the edwards part is one of the more depressing parts of the book because it's like oh that's what politicians are like i guess he his wife was very popular mm-hmm. and then she got cancer which mm-hmm. just made her more popular but apparently mm-hmm. in real life uh, she was awful. She was bad. She was terrible to all the people around her, to the oh, underlings. Like an Amy Klobuchar. But I was going to say, yeah. I don't know how I feel about type. that sort of narrative anymore. Right, right. I know. Now it's <laughs> right. It's the same with Amy Klobuchar. It's like, yeah, well, because... that's her reputation. Oh, but she's a woman, so yeah, exactly. We like, don't know what open to... questions. Right, but she had that reputation. She had that reputation. Then he started. He had this woman who was some, it sounded like she was kind of like a groupie to begin with. And then he started having an affair with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she started being part of National the National Enquirer, yeah. who is still in the news. She um, she started traveling with them and taking videos and like doing mm-hmm. a YouTube channel for him or whatever. <laughs> and then she had a baby. <laughs> and that kind of ruined everything for him. It was the National Enquirer, who is <laughs> Broke that story. working on all those presidential <laughs> candidates right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Um, so the movie basically starts with um, McCain's down in the polls, mm-hmm. and, and they're talking on, about the surge. Yeah, and they're yeah. they're they're saying sort of that based on the polling they're doing, they can't figure out a way for him to win with Lieberman, who is who he wants to pick. Yeah. Right, he um, wanted Joseph Lieberman, who is a Democrat and a very good friend. So he basically had his two pals. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his name? Lindsey Graham and Joe Lieberman were his two pals. Uh, I know. I know. <laughs> yes, Lindsey Graham. It was is... a different time. Lindsey Graham. <laughs> no, it like... wasn't. That's the problem. I wish it was a different time. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, he has his two friends, Joe Lieberman and Lindsey Graham, and he wants Joe Lieberman because he feels like they can bring the country together if they show this yeah, bipartisan. And so they sort of strategize that if. Sure, he's so he's old, mm-hmm. and also he wants Joe Lieberman. So, what if he gives a pledge that he'll only be a one be term a, for? Yeah, he'll just do his one term to fix Heal everything, the country. <laughs> and then he'll be out. Um, so that's sort of their plan. But Lindsey Graham leaks it. He gets excited about it, and he leaks it, and <laughs> well, then I that think spoils the. They were more delicate with it. They they sort of thought they they portrayed it as Lindsey Graham was trying to trying to back channel sort of lay the groundwork mm-hmm. right. for people to be okay with joe lieberman and that whoever he talked to sort of was like now i'm going to tell everybody that he's being right. considered but they was, wanted to keep it secret right until it was extremely important in terms of the strategy for it to be a complete secret yes yeah because it's sort of like once it's announced everybody will have time will to ha- think about well it. no everybody will have to get on board because you can't criticize the your pro- candidate at that point because it's too late right. whereas if they know ahead of time everything that did happen will happen, which is 
all everybody's saying like is he crazy like why would they pick him i could never support this right well, and they also established that john mccain's weakness is the hardcore conservatives who don't he, think he's conservative enough. he's not conservative enough and the idea of him adding a democrat to the ticket would make that worse but maybe you could pick up independence yeah right maybe. you could do you well could that, that's what way. they were saying is that even with the polling Joe Lieberman didn't pick up enough independence. He didn't satisfy the base, and he didn't get the independence that they would hope he would. So, right. what's dumb about it? What? So, I I am very liberal. Um, John McCain is probably the first and only Republican candidate mm-hmm. pre pre Sarah Palin mm-hmm. that I looked at and said, oh, I don't feel that bad about him being president. I think I could be okay with that. He was pretty in, cool in two, at the in time. In two thousand, mm-hmm. when he was you know primarying against. George W. Bush, he was cool. <laughs> like right. he had the Straight Talk Express, and he sort of was like he was on the Daily Show all the time, yeah, talking he, talking to Democrats. He seemed like a very reasonable <laughs> right candidate at the time, and then W. got the yeah, nomination. Things have gotten different since then, but <laughs> right. yeah. So one of his advisors sort of tells him, you know, you have you can't overcome the sort of deficit that you have Mm -hmm. in the voting block, which is primarily with women. Um, You know, you're doing great with men. You're about 20 points up with them. But with women, you're 20 points down. So we think maybe we should find a conservative woman to be your running mate. And that's where the search (laughs) begins. Awesome montage here. Well, they say specifically, you know, she has to be very conservative. She can't be pro-choice. So then we get a scene of Peter McNichol Googling <laughs> female politicians. Yeah. Female and we get senators. to see some real female politic- Republicans where he's like, ugh. Right. We're Susan like, Collins, boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and literally, like, anytime any of them are pro-choice or sort of weak on any of the red meat issues that, you know, Republican base loves, he can't do that. And then yeah. he comes across, he sort of muses to himself, like, what was the name of that Oh, right. And like Google's a clip of Sarah Palin being interviewed by someone. I can't remember. Yeah, about energy. looking competent. competent. Yeah, because it was a, a an energy speech. question. It was right. about, you know, oil and drilling and things like that. Yeah. So they sort of pitch her. Yeah. What if we go talk to her and see what she's like? And they go and talk to her and she's great. She's, well, they, they yeah, specifically, she's agreeable. Yeah. Right. They specifically ask her like, you know, you are very conservative on specific issues, you know, like... That McCain disagrees with you about. Like, he thinks that there should be an exception for abortion in the case of rape or murder. And, you know, she doesn't. And he's okay with stem cell research and she's not. And they ask her, are you okay deferring to him on these issues? You know, will you support him? And she's like, oh, of course. Like, you know, I don't believe in them, but I'll, you know, I'll say that if McCain's the president, they specify that she may have to appear in ads where she says Mm -hmm. she is in favor of those things. She's like, oh, sure. They ask her about creationism. They ask her about her kids and her family. They also, she's say, got a like, really great like pivot quest- answer on that. <laughs> yeah, and they also ask her like, "Well, people are going to dig really deeply into you and your family's life. Are you okay with this? Is going to she's like, yeah, she's like, sure. I've been through campaigns before, and they're yeah, like, no, yeah. but really, yeah. She's like, but we'll I, do I it. genuinely don't think she thought any of those things were issues. No. I don't think she was lying to them. I think she just couldn't imagine <laughs> that anyone would have a problem with anything that came out later. Julianne Moore plays Sarah Palin. She's so good in this. She's so good. Didn't she get nominated for something? Well, this is an HBO movie. But it wasn't for an Emmy, maybe? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, this was like their biggest movie they've ever done, I think, if I I read that correctly. But they stress that normally when they're vetting candidates, they do it over 
a it was few a several months. months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that they have, what, like five, five days, days <laughs> to mm-hmm. vet her. Um, and I don't even know. They had like some two guys who were going to go vet her. And I don't even know what they want to do at that point. The like yeah, random they, dudes that never show up again, but didn't yeah, do a good job. They were yeah, sitting they, at opposite ends of a long table. Yeah. <laughs> they both think the other one's going to do the vetting on foreign policy. And right. I think they both do vetting in different areas. But yeah, I don't even know what those other guys asked about because it it implies that they didn't talk to anyone in Alaska about her. None of her coworkers, right. none of like her enemies. Well, they assumed nothing. that she knew what a governor would know. Yes. Whatever that may be. <laughs> right. They're like, well, she's already in a position. She's of power, got it. She so had she an eighty percent approval rating. She was the most, you know, highest rated governor of every state. Mm-hmm. So they thought she's, she's got to know something, right? She's got yeah. it. So then they go to the convention. Yeah, they introduce her. She does great at the convention. Mc- she McCain is super speech. worried, and she goes out and she gives the pig on a lips lipstick on a pig. No, no, no that's not right. Uh, lipstick. lipstick on a bulldog. It's pit bull. What's right. the difference between a hockey soccer. mom and a pit bull, or soccer mom and a pit bull, and it's lipstick, and everybody loves it. It might be hockey mom actually. I think it's hockey mom. I think it's hockey yeah. mom. Anyway, and then they she introduces here's John McCain. He's a true patriot. I'm all behind him. It's so great. they they. The speech was very well received. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The hockey mom reference, and they say this in the movie, basically she was giving her speech from a teleprompter and then one of those hockey moms or somebody. Uh, no, actually, it was a sign went in front of the... Oh, somebody with a sign. In the movie, they say the teleprompter stopped. Right. Somebody with a sign obscured the teleprompter and uh, the Sarah Paulson character is standing there when it happens mm-hmm. or sees oh. it when it happens. So she sees that she it's can't false. read her teleprompter Yes, not Sarah. I'm getting Paulson. Sarah Palin and Sarah Paulson confused. <laughs> Nicole Wallace, yeah, uh, was there, and she saw that the teleprompter got obscured, and Sarah Palin just, you know, made her made up a hockey mom reference, and then you know finished her speech without any trouble at all. Yeah, she crushed it. Everybody in the campaign's ecstatic. Um, they feel like they can win now. Well, yeah. and every time they're prepping her on things that she might not know she's taking dubious notes she's looking really intent they're like dubious notes (laughs) (laughs) later they're dubious notes well they might be dubious at the point because later (laughs) they say like i don't know what those notes are she's dutifully taking notes she had a very she was very uh intent on having three by five cards of everything so she had stacks and stacks and stacks of three (laughs) by five cards with all the information she was supposed to be learning so she was trying yes oh yeah um, and they also establish, at some point early on, Nicole Wella. Wallace. Wallace. <laughs> Nicole Wallace is... Just think George Wallace, only it's not George Wallace, it's Nicole <laughs> Nicole Wallace is the, like, one senior female staffer on the McCain team. She's assigned to work with Sarah Palin and get her prepared. I think she was the former communications director for the Bush administration. I feel like she worked on maybe a Democratic campaign, too, in her their little bio of her or something. Mm. But they're like, you're training Sarah Palin now? And she's like, great, let me get to it. And she is dedicated to getting Sarah Palin ready to do all the stuff she needs Including to do. Including changing her clothes and her hair and her makeup and yeah, they outfitting have a clothes all her montage kids. They said changing... they were going to get her like a dialect coach, and mm-hmm. I didn't notice any changes no. there. So no. that clearly didn't stick. I think one of the reasons they showed all of that is that there was a big scandal about how much money was spent yeah. on her clothing Later, yeah. in the, during the campaign. And I remember that. I remember I... <laughs> all this stuff. I remember yeah. all the scandals. I was so invested in this campaign. <laughs> Uh, so they, yeah, so she crushes it out of the park at the convention. Crushes it out of the park. (laughs) 
Yeah, she crushes it with her dubious notes. With her dubious notes, she does it. Uh, Good. (laughs) And then they're off to. uh, I forget what the next step, but basically McCain's starting to climb in the polls. Um, He cinches the. I guess he cinched the nomination at this point. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. She that speech she gave was at the convention uh, as the vice presidential candidate. Um. There's also, in the background, a financial crisis happening yes. in America. And that is important to what's going on with McCain. Right. Um, because, I mean, it's basically, there's two political issues in this movie. There's the surge, which McCain says he, McCain is like the one candidate in favor of the surge, saying this is going to end the war in Iraq. Uh-huh. Uh, and also, there's a financial crisis, um, the economy's collapsing, and... McCain is going to have to decide whether he's for or against a bailout. And that is going to alienate a lot of some his supporters, regardless of which way he goes on that. Right. Um, after the convention, they, there are, they have not let Palin sit down for an interview yet because they're still prepping her. And they are getting pushed that like, hey, Sarah Palin did this great speech, but... We don't know anything about her. And suddenly they start, the media starts investigating her and all these scandals appear. Right. So we find out that her, there's, there's one rumor that her baby. Trig. Her baby Trig, who has Down syndrome, is actually her daughter's baby. I remember that one. Which proves to be false because her daughter's actually pregnant at the time. So she, her daughter's five months pregnant. So she couldn't possibly have had a baby before that. Um, That's right. But her daughter is pregnant out of wedlock, and so they have to give a speech about that, and they have to force Scooter and and her daughter to get married. I think his name is Scooter. No, Levi. Levi. You're thinking of Trapper, her other son. Yes, there is a person with a silly (laughs) name, but it's Levi with the mullet, who's the hockey player, who has to marry, uh, what's her young, or what's her daughter? Bristol. Bristol. Um, Also, there's Trooper Gate, where... Yes, where she used her her authority to get get her... Uh, she tried to force them to not prosecute her brother no no they wanted they wanted her she was trying to force them to fire a trooper because he was divorcing her sister or sister-in-law or something like <laughs> yes. that and then when the guy didn't they had the other guy fired mm-hmm. who didn't fire the trooper <laughs> it's uh, really convoluted also her husband was a member of secessionist a secessionist group. group for seven years. The and Alaska they can't secession. say whether or not she was. she was part of it or not. They cannot confirm or, confirm or deny whether she was part of that and same secession. And then her sort group. of claim to fame was squashing oh, stupid Ted Stevens' Bridge to Nowhere. But then it turns out they can't really bring that up because she campaigned on We Should Build on This. We Should Build This and then later <laughs> flip-flopped on it. So suddenly they have a lot of scandals and they're like, oh, no, we didn't vet her at all. <laughs> but maybe we can. And, so, and now that McCain and Obama are like close close in the polls um, that this is hurting them. And they're like, well, we need to figure something out. We need to get Sarah Palin out there to do an interview or talk or something. Well, there's a couple of different things that they did. And I only I only remember them the way that I do because I read the book first Mm -hmm. uh, because they're only kind of lightly touched on in the movie but one of the things they decided to campaign on or whatever uh you know negative ads against Obama was to talk about his celebrity so he wasn't he didn't have any 
experience. He didn't have any experience. Mm-hmm. He was just basically a celebrity, and that was why he, you know, how how he was moving forward and ahead in the polls. And so yeah. they did some advertising around that. The other thing that came out in his campaign was that his pastor, his reverend, oh, yeah. had made some. I don't know if comments. I comments. I'm shaking the way my head. I would feel about the comment. The way I feel about the comments that that guy made now, and the way I would have felt in 2008, given mm-hmm. how much time I've spent <laughs> reading <laughs> stuff and have, learning things, how things have changed, and what I have learned. I would have no they problem with the comments that he was time. made. Right? They well, <laughs> they were taken as inflammatory at the time because he was saying things like. The police are out to get black people, and oh, oh, the system I'm is. He was, right. he was accused of being racist. Right. Yeah. Uh, Obama's a racist. I think pretty much everything that guy said is accurate. Well, and also, uh, he was trained and groomed to be a, a terrorist by Bill oh, Ayers. Right. So by the they, evil Bill yeah, Ayers. they brought up the Bill Ayers stuff. Flashback <laughs> to 10 episodes ago when we talked about <laughs> Bill Ayers. It wasn't that long. Throughout ago. the movie. It was 1972. 1971. Oh, four episodes ago. <laughs> Five. Something like they, that. They keep showing John McCain, who just doesn't want to run a negative campaign. He yeah. doesn't want to... Um, he, he talks about how hurtful it was for him when he was running and they accused, you know, his adoptive daughter of, you know, being a bastard and mm-hmm. being, you know, an affair that he had and right. all yes. kinds of things like that. So he's like, I, I know how hurtful that was to her. I don't want to run that kind of campaign. But that's kind of how campaigns, the, the, the way that campaigns tend yes. to work is that the presidential <laughs> candidate is pure and pure as the driven snow and then you send out the vice presidential yes. candidate to say all the bad stuff but mccain i mean and again i don't know if this is accurate i have no reason to think it's not but they made him sort of feel like he just was giving the direction that none of this will be done in yeah. my name like i just I we're not we're involved. not doing that direction and he sort of has to be talked into it right you know they're like okay well we won't go after the race stuff if that makes you uncomfortable because of what happened to your daughter but the bill Ayers thing like he was a terrorist that seems like fair game and you know, McCain was like, all right, we'll, we'll let that one be a I talking point. Remember when this came out, the McCain secret daughter, whatever, garbage. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he has a second daughter? Yeah. And I still, when I watch this movie, like, he has a second daughter? <laughs> Megan McCain is all over the place yeah. saying all kinds of crazy shit. He has a second daughter. You just never hear mm-hmm. from her. Was mm-hmm. she at the funeral? She, she there? Must have been. Yeah, I was like. Couldn't, couldn't pick her out of a lineup. Nope. <laughs> I don't remember ever seeing her. But Megan McCain, she's all over the place. But at one point, you know, Sarah Palin is uh, pushing back on them and saying, you know, why don't why don't you just tell them, you know, that I was cleared in Trooper Gate? And he was like, because that is the opposite of what is true. <laughs> you were you can't keep telling people that you were cleared when they definitely found that you abused your position. And she was like, well, also you should tell them that, you know, Todd, Todd wasn't a secessionist. And they're like, Yes, he is. Like he registered for that, and they're like, "No, no, no." He she checked said the it wrong was an box. Accident, right? He checked yeah. the wrong box, and he immediately corrected it. And they were like, "He was a secessionist for seven years, Sarah." <laughs> like we're not going to just lie during this campaign, which right. made me like, oh <laughs> my a, brain, yeah, so uncomfortable when I was watching this. I was there like, was a time when Ooh. people didn't lie. When yeah, not when, just when that... they just didn't repeat lies over and over again, like they were. Not just that they didn't lie, but that their campaign manager would be like, we can't say we can't just, that. We can't just say things that are untrue and pretend they're true. That would be bad. <laughs> Although, and, I don't know. that Maybe that was not a... I don't think that's true. Not accurate? I, I, well, I mean, I'm thinking about the Willie Horton ad. Yeah, sure. But there's a difference between something that's inflammatory and literally something that's factually opposite. For right. example, 
my husband corrected this right away. You mean right away after seven years? Uh-huh. Like, or I was cleared of this, you know, wrongdoing. Right. Like things that are factually opposite of what is true. I which mean, is, times have changed. Which is yeah, exactly how things are now, uh-huh. where you can just assert just do things. Do whatever you want. Well, some people can. I don't know. We no, don't. Everybody we don't can. No, 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 no. no. You're we right. don't yet know if other people can successfully <laughs> do that. It we has, know that Trump has successfully right. co-opted this. Yeah. We know that pattern. Donald Trump can lie and say the same lies over and over again and stretch the truth and manipulate this and, and that. Do whatever he wants, matter. and it becomes the default position. Right. Yeah. And it to yeah. quote NPR: If you can't say whether or not he believes it, we can't say it's a lie. <laughs> That's their that's their position. Well, I have no response other than to make a face. <laughs> yeah, and it's a big smile. She's giving a thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. So after all these scandals are happening, um, they say you know even Fox News is giving us a hard time about not letting her be interviewed. Right. So we got to get her get her out, out in front there. of somebody. Right. And it's not it's not Katie Kirk first. It's somebody no, else. It's, um, is it Charlie, Charlie Gibson? Mm-hmm. Charlie Gibson. That's when she gets interviewed Ooh, by Charlie Gibson. Well, first, first they're prepping her for it. Right. Yes. <laughs> and this is when they start to panic. Because yeah, they realize she doesn't know literally anything. Yes. And there's a scene of her practicing questions. saying, I think it's Shakavili? The name of That's the... a little later. That's later. Because no, she the... can do that. Yeah, this is the one where he asks her something really simple like, do you think that they, he that asked the her Fed... about the British or about the UK? Oh, that's it's... right. She yeah. says, well, we have a good relationship with the Queen. Yes. And he's yeah, like, he's like, well... <laughs> You know that the queen isn't in charge of England. And she and says, well, I... then who is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like the prime minister. And he's like, okay, let's let's try a different one. Um, do you think that the Fed made the right decision in, you know, bailing out or giving, I don't can't remember what the yeah, exact question was. And she says something and he's like, do you know what the Fed is? <laughs> and she says, in what respect, Charlie? And he's like, no, no, no. Like, we're not this pretending I'm Charlie I'm anymore. I'm asking you. Do you know what the Fed is? And they realize that they have to break down very simple concepts to her. Yeah. And that she might not be ready for this interview. So they give her sound bites, just really quick sort of things to memorize. Right. Yeah. Because so, it's going to be an easy interview. So mm-hmm. they just need to get her through it. I think it's never explicitly said in the movie. But in my, in my actual life, I've come to understand that there are, I don't know if there are two kinds of people, but there are people who learn by rote. I don't know. Learn by rote maybe is not the right thing, but they act by rote. They mm. understand that if this happens, then you do this thing because it happened before that way. And then there are other people who more anal- are more analytical. And she is a rote person. She's one of those rote people that she. They uh, keep describing her as an actress. Yeah, the best actress. Yeah, that she can. She can memorize. Act, she things. can memorize things and act like she knows what she's talking about. Yeah, which is what she does all the time, to her detriment. Because she doesn't know her own limitations. So she goes on the interview and she actually is doing okay. Mm-hmm. But he starts asking her about foreign policy and she's giving her answer. And he's like, well, what experience do you have? And this is where she infamously says, <laughs> well, I can see Russia. No, from- no. She says, Russia are neighbors. There are parts of Alaska where you can see them. And then SNL right. turns that into the parody of her she saying, I can see Russia house. from my house. Uh, and that's when she... Tailspins. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the end of Sarah Palin. So, she doesn't like being made fun of. She no. gets so sad and the sad music plays. I think and... she does the Katie Kirk interviews as well. Or that's those... a no, that's, that's a little bit later. They prep her for that. They're like, oh no, no, she that's needs to that's memorize. the one where she just doesn't have any interest in looking at yeah. what they want her to memorize. Uh, so she's prepping right. so for Charlie she Gibson. She has the Charlie Gibson interview. Then she goes into a funk where she 
won't listen to her advice. She won't listen to Wallace. She thinks she's fat. She didn't like the way she looked on camera. Right. She, stops so she stops eating. And she isn't sleeping. Just drinking Dr. Pepper. Diet Dr. Diet Pepper. Dr. Pepper. Uh, her favorite drink. I think at this point, Wallace eventually just quits before the Katie Couric. No, no. This is after the Katie Couric. Oh, is that what she yeah. yeah. She's like, this is not. So, yeah. She doesn't try she just doesn't even try to memorize anything for the katie correct interview and they are concerned for her mental health as yes well. yeah so the interview does not go well famously <laughs> famously <laughs> and, goes very bad and 100 percent gets yeah, lampooned again one of on the SNL. things that uh, Katie Couric asks her is what she reads and she can't come up with a single thing yeah. even though she reads all the magazines yeah. <laughs> that's her answer yeah. yes she, she reads read everything but she had actually been one. i mean it and I think there's a scene in the movie of where this she's where she's reading, Journal. I think it's the New York Times, Maybe. actually. But anyway, she's reading oh, yeah. one of the major newspapers that day, uh, but she can't come up with anything I was really surprised that she didn't even just, like, name drop one of her local papers in Alaska. Yeah. Like, how easy would that have been? Like, oh, it, just, it just shows, like, how yeah, not in the moment she was. She yeah. just was out of it. Right. There were a couple of things that she got focused on mm-hmm. one of them was she wanted them to pull her popularity in alaska and yeah. they're saying it's very... a waste of time because you're popular there basically right. that's you're, a waste of our campaign funds but she and, is and so she... obsessed with this idea of being liked because she that's how she governed in alaska which she didn't really have to do much because she was so likable yeah and i think she really she was such a celebrity at the very beginning when she was announced and she had such a good reception that when any of that started to sort of crumble she cracked as well and couldn't handle not being a celebrity and not being liked and even the movie i think lays a really good groundwork as to why that worked for her Mm -hmm. in alaska and in some and in among some groups Mm -hmm. uh because you see her being likable and she is able to do certain things really well yeah she communicates unable to when she does the handshake lines and she's meeting one-on-one with people she's very personable you know she she has things she, she's passionate yeah, about. Yeah, she has people who bring out their kids with Down syndrome to meet her, who, yeah. you know, are very touched by the fact that she has a child and is put him front, you know, right in, right in the spotlight and doesn't seem ashamed. And they're, you know, they're like, nobody ever talks about things that mean something to me. Um, so, yeah, you can see why she resonated with people. Yeah. But she can't, <laughs> she has no additional skills. No, <laughs> that's she's it. not that's qualified <laughs> in any way. Right. Well, no, that's kind of what I was talking about with her being a rote learner. She can't pick up new information. I mean, basically, well, she's she trying to doesn't... learn the history of the United States and all of our all of our uh, conflicts memories. and who's who runs England. <laughs> but she, the problem is that she doesn't internalize anything. She mm-hmm. just can regurgitate something yeah. you have told her to memorize. But she doesn't actually understand she what she's saying. Any of it. So. So she flames out at the Katie Kirk interview. Uh, Nicole Wallace goes off on her. Yeah, says you're not Hillary. You don't. No, no, because she she's like I I you guys are trying to make me something else, and I should just be me. And now I understand why Hillary said she right. had to have her own voice. And Nicole Wallace right. is like, yes, you're just <laughs> like Hillary. And, uh, so um, then they sort of they whisk her away to. Well, they talk to Arizona. John McCain, although they are keeping McCain out of the loop on the fact that she that she doesn't know doing anything. So good, he just right. thinks she had a bad interview, and he's like, "Well, you should take her and her family out to the ranch or whatever." No, they do tell her. They think that yeah, because say, he says, "Bring my, my doctor, doctor friend over." Yeah. Oh to, yeah, to check her out. Yeah, go sure have her go okay. visit Cindy and bring her family, and we'll have my doctor sort of look at her from afar and yeah, come over for a barbecue, and see if she's okay, and the doctor thinks she's fine. Yeah, who played the doctor? Nobody I recognized. Hmm. 
Well, anyway, he says she just needed to, she just needed her family and support and stuff that she's not. And that she just had a baby and she's doing great for. Yeah, for all the stuff that's going on in her life. And her son is in Iraq, in active deployment. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they are concerned they're going to have to get her ready for the vice presidential debate. They are prepping her and it's not going well. And eventually Steve. Woody Harrelson's character. Yeah, Woody Harrelson's character is like, this is not working. But she is good at certain things, so here's what we're going to do. She's just going to memorize answers to these questions, and we're not going to teach her what any of it means. What mm-hmm. they do teach her to do, I think, is to pivot, pivot. to something mm-hmm. that she can, that, right. she, are, that yeah. she knows how to say. And they do that, and it works. And mm-hmm. she also has a problem with Joe Biden's last name. Joe Biden. She Joe Biden. Can't, Senator O'Biden. Senator she can't help but say Senator O'Biden. And so it, they don't do this in the movie. In the book, they make it clear that they... they suggest to her well why don't you just you know why don't you just Just call him joe Joe? and she says well i can't call him joe i don't know him yeah and so what she does is when she comes out she asks him when they when they shake hands at the beginning of the debate she asks him can i call you joe can i call you joe and then she slips up one time during the debate and calls him senator O'Biden. i remember that (laughs) (laughs) and her mic is on when this conversation happens and they're like that's fine right uh they have the vice presidential debate she does okay just but like, they are so excited yeah. <laughs> with her performance, like because she's sticking to the script. She's one hundred percent saying word for word exactly what they want her to. And they're also like, "This is it. This yeah. is her last debate. She it's cleared all we it. Needed. <laughs> she just we're done. The, you mm-hmm. know, the work is done. Um, it's still a close race, uh, and now she's popular and people like her. And then now she thinks, yeah, it's then her things campaign. go very badly for them. <laughs> right? From this then point she on. goes rogue." Yep. And yes. there are several books with the word rogue in the title <laughs> about this period where she does whatever she feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a maverick and a rogue. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. So she starts. I, I'm trying to think of. There's a, several she things she She refuses to do the commercial on stem cells. Because, she doesn't agree. You know. Yeah. It's, she doesn't agree with the, in the platform. So she's not going to be a part of it. And yeah, she just has very diva-like behavior. She's also very racist yeah. in her rallies. Uh, yeah. And is very she attacks whipping Obama, the crowd into a frenzy, um, which eventually McCain gets starts seeing and is getting upset because the crowds are getting hostile. Violent, right, hostile. and they do a recreation of that famous mm-hmm. scene where the woman says she Cut can't he's trust. An Arab. She can't trust Obama because he's not. He, he's he's an, not American. He, he's not American. He's an Arab, and and John McCain takes the microphone from her and says, "No, no, he's good. He's a good guy. <laughs> he's not right. Arab. He's cool." Right, um, he's a good American family man. And I don't just agree with him on everything, but he's a good guy, and you can be you can be confident mm-hmm. with him as your president, which is a terrible thing to have to say. Oh, it's in bad your on campaign all of, for presidency. Well, I mean, not all of it's bad. Right, there are many many things wrong with what he said, but it just to just and it's it's like it's good that he said it, but it's bad that he said it. Right, he said it, he said it wrongly. He said it incorrectly. He, he, he said the in, wrong thing. Yeah, <laughs> right. Being an Arab isn't bad. But Obama, what you're trying to but say. But also, he's not. <laughs> I can read between Obama. the lines, and we all can. Yeah. I mean. Uh, Everyone who's listening to this knows what you're trying to say by <laughs> saying he's an Arab, and I disagree with you. Right. Uh, so that's, things are not going well. She, yeah, she won't do the things she said she would for the campaign. And then also it comes out that they've been spending thousands of dollars on her family's wardrobe. Um, so there's another scandal here towards the end. Yeah, because she's supposed to be this folksy down home lady, and mm-hmm. what's she doing with 
you know, such an expensive wardrobe. That's right. Which, again, is a real sexist Whatever. sort of thing, but yeah, it happens. <laughs> but that did happen. That was a scandal for her. Why am I forgetting what else she did? She did a ton of stuff where she just refused well, I to look in my uh... yeah. yeah, let's look at your notes. Because there's a lot of scenes of her yelling at people or telling them. Yeah, she says, her. what does she say? There's somebody where it's like, they need to go or I quit. At that was, some point. Oh. That was, oh, that was way back. That was, was that earlier? Mm-hmm, that was way back earlier in the movie. Yeah. Oh, oh she does the palling later. around with terrorists. Um, yeah, the layers. The ones that don't pathologically want to be loved. Somebody, that was a quote oh, I wrote yeah, down. Oh, yeah, that no one can be president if they don't want to be pathologically loved. And that seems accurate based on all of the books that I recently read. <laughs> so <laughs> sure. even even like um, Carter, mm-hmm. Kennedy, uh, uh, T- Ted Kennedy, mm-hmm. Jimmy Carter. I, I don't think you have Jimmy Carter that way. But if you look at how he campaigned and how he was a president from the perspective, you know, sort of from the underside of it, not the per- the public persona, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, yeah, I guess they all, that's why so many of them are so rotten, like Nixon and Johnson. They all had, they all have these terrible issues mm-hmm. that they're trying to work out by being the leader <laughs> of the free world. And that's powerful. really not good for us, I don't think. Mm. Do you think that was all the been true all the way back to the beginning, or was there a point where that? I um, think it's all the way back. I think it was all the George way down. George Washington, or yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to think about George Washington. That that I mean, group, yeah, that group of men said to themselves, "I don't want to be taxed. I don't want to. We're <laughs> not going to be right. We're going to form our own <laughs> government. Shoot it by government agents. I don't so basically, be I, yeah. If you think about somebody who. I don't think anybody goes into the presidency thinking like I only need fifty-one percent of people to like me. And, and I'll be cool with that. You know, I think they all really think that they are the unifier. Well, I, I mean, also any day think now, Trump's going to hit 51. With the, with the, <laughs> well, he's already deluded himself into thinking he has the highest poll numbers and that everything else is yeah, fake news. He's the coolest and smartest. So well, I think, he, he wants to be liked as well. I think one of the ways that Trump is different from all the rest is that although all the, they're all equally egotistical and they all equally think they can do the job, mm-hmm. the other ones actually were trying to improve something mm-hmm. they were actually trying to make a change in our nation or yeah they are they're always always trying to make a change sure. which is a problem in and of itself you can't change every four years the reason that they keep trying to make changes is because we're never solving any of the problems mm-hmm. what we should be doing is solving the problem so we don't have to change every four years <laughs> we can move on to other problems change a different problem right so the issue i mean the fact that everything always has to be changed they talk about this in the book that i that I'm reading now, which is Chasing Hillary, which is about Hillary Clinton's campaign against Trump. Uh, They talk about the fact that if you're the incumbent, you want everybody to feel like everything's going great. Mm -hmm. But if you're not the incumbent, then you have to be a change candidate. Mm -hmm. You have to say, I'm going to change things. Even Mm -hmm. if, let's say, if things were going well. uh, Things are never going all well. I know, I know. There's always something. But there, there is something flawed about the fact that Voters require a candidate to be a change candidate every four years. That's why I'm voting for the best change candidate, Howard Schultz. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to get in there and clean up Washington. Espresso for everyone. With his strong, I don't particularly want to do anything can- campaign. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't want to be taxed. Thank uh, you. I didn't quite finish my, my thought, though, It is which is that all the other presidents we've ever had 
thought they were really were trying to do something, I believe. Even if it was something I don't agree with, I hate Reagan and I think everything he tried to do was terrible. But yeah. he was trying to do something that he was, like Paul Ryan, <laughs> trying to do what he thought was the right goal, even though, you know, it, it isn't, that's not true, it's wrong, but they were trying to do their, something that they think is the right thing. I don't think Trump falls into that category. Oh, that's a, that's a real good question. Does I don't Trump think he's trying think to he's do trying anything to... for America. No. Well, no. For America? No. For right. himself? Sure. Right. No, yeah, no, what I'm saying yeah, is that... He's the extreme version of... Most most to all presidents wanted to be president. <laughs> Have some goal for the country. Right, because although they may be wrong-headed, they still are trying to achieve what they think is the best course. I mean, that's obvious. I mean, Trump has all of his campaign promises, most of which you can go look up. Like, he, some of them he didn't even try. All of them have changed. He used he to be pro-life for, for... No, not pro-life. He used pro to choice. be pro-choice. He's sure. only pro-life now. For political reasons. Oh, I mean, even his camp. Like, if you go look at his campaign website, it's like within the first hundred days, I'm gonna pass the following. He right. didn't even do most. He didn't even try most of it. It's just like, just didn't. It was just nothing. No, it's for applause. It's I mean, for, the wall is still that for rally right. applause. He's pure popularity. Yes. Yeah. As opposed exactly. to just on a spectrum. <laughs> right. Some <laughs> where most they all want to be love. Yeah. But he wants. 100% love. Right. And he, that's his only goal. And which is why he has to convince himself that either anyone who doesn't like him, it's not true and the or they're media bad. is lying. Right. Or, yeah, or they're losers and haters and you don't have to worry about their opinion. Which but. I agree with that part. <laughs> <laughs> with my life, I agree that you shouldn't listen to the haters. <laughs> like those school teachers? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Sarah Palin does her own thing. It does not go well for the campaign. Uh, they lose. They lose. Pretty heartily. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Uh, McCain is like, oh, well, we'll give our speech. Oh, that's where she went rogue. I'm remembering another yeah. one. They um, withdrew from Michigan because they oh, didn't yeah. think they could win there. And she didn't and want she, to. And yeah, she goes on a TV interview and says, I don't want to leave Michigan. Why don't they back. just let me go there? And, <laughs> you know, and they're like, what? <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah, we're not going to do that. cannot undermine what McCain says and his strategy in an interview, you just can't do that. It's not you're not the candidate. That's right. But uh, she definitely feels like, and she says it at some point, like you know, I'm the reason that you know we have a chance, and I'm gonna go out there and win yeah, this I'm the or something like that. One. Yeah. Um, McCain loses. Palin decides she really wants to give a concession speech, thanking John McCain, and they're like, "No, nope. you can't do it." And she's like, "Well, I really I want to. I want to talk to McCain and tell him I'm going to do it." And uh I think Steve gives her the like, "You can't do it. You're wrong. Here's why you can't do it. Here's why that's a bad idea and you're not going to be allowed and you need to stop." Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she goes and talks to McCain and McCain's like, "Nope. No, thank you." Well, yes. <laughs> he's polite about it, but he's like, "Thanks for your time." Steve basically tells her, "This is an American institution and you are not going to change this tradition." Like the the transfer of power and the reason democracy is stable is because of this concession speech that the candidate gives and right. no vice president has ever done it and you are not going to undermine this yes uh so mccain successfully shoots her down gives the concession speech is there anything after that in the movie does she give a do they had to do a little i mean there's the oh. interview there's they, just eventually the interview they cut going to the back interview to yeah the anderson cooper thing with steve schmidt and anderson cooper were... did we even mention that 
Ed Harris is the one that plays John McCain. I don't think so. Ed Harris is the one that plays John McCain. Yeah. <laughs> and he does a great job. He does. I think Julianne Moore is amazing in this. Mm-hmm. It's spectacular. Uh, this movie did make me laugh out loud in a couple points. Mm-hmm. The point where she meets Levi and she's like, I'm glad you cut, cut your, your mullet. mullet. And he's like, <laughs> I didn't I, want to. <laughs> I didn't want to, but it looks good now. <laughs> she's like, thank you for being here. That's great. Yeah. That's yeah. a good stuff. Yeah. I think it ends with the Steve Schmidt interview and, yep. with Anderson Cooper. Yep. Yeah. There's some other stuff that happens in this movie, but it's it's window dressing. Most of us probably lived through it if you yeah. listen into this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's anybody too young who Yeah, that would be that. hard to be that young <laughs> and listen to this podcast. <laughs> if you're if you're twelve and listening to this, like Great. Well, thanks. Like us on <laughs> give us a review, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Tweet at us. <laughs> uh, post it on your TikTok or whatever you do. Good movie. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Yeah. I thought it was really entertaining. It's free on Amazon Prime this month, so it's still there. Go watch it. Also, it's on HBO, if you have HBO. Although yeah. I think I would recommend reading the book uh, as boring. opposed to... Boring. <laughs> <laughs> you can get it on Audible. Listen to the book. Less boring. Um, because it it covers a whole lot more of... You get more of the inside stuff sure. on all the campaigns. Do we want to talk about how this relates to current politics? <laughs> Like it's February sixteenth. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's February fifteenth. February sixteenth. So the government didn't shut down, but the president's going to declare an emergency. I think or... he did. Did, did declare? Oh, an he emergency. did. They're in the process of trying to pass legislation to. He's already being it. sued by a few states. Yeah. And the ACLU has either sued him or preparing to sue mm-hmm. him. They said they're going to. He said in his speech declaring the national emergency that we're going to be sued and we are going to lose and then we'll probably appeal it and lose again. But then we'll go to the Supreme Court and we'll see what happens. Which is at least honest. He's upfront about it. Okay. Ilhan Omar said uh, that APAC APAC is uh, a lobbyist group and and suddenly became anti-Semitic for it. She became anti-Semitic. She got dragged by the Republicans. She got dragged by the Democrats. Well, didn't she have some older tweets and stuff that were anti-Semitic? No. No? No. But it was along the same lines of like, they lobby hard and don't support Palestinian independence. That Along those lines. Uh, the Democrats dragged her. She apologized. And then the Democrats were like, well, she's good now. She learned. Um, <laughs> which is also dumb in a different... It's it's super dumb. It's so, yeah. Well, they had a lot to deal with, actually. <laughs> they, you know, they a lot happened Not all like, at once yeah, to but the Democrats. Like, she the, was right. She, no, no. I mean, they were dealing with some other controversies within their party like you know governors oh, in blackface like in Virginia? what oh my god have we yeah. not talked about that yet no oh everybody like in virginia is in blackface all the time literally everybody in virginia is a racist is yeah what we can out. settle it you have to prove you're not let's mm-hmm. just start there mm-hmm. um i can't except believe maybe the lieutenant governor who's might be been a, a racist yeah. i mean he still could be in blackface somewhere it's apparently it's just going around isn't he black he is black. <laughs> Whiteface, I guess. Yeah. Aren't the white faces the real racists? Mm-hmm. That's why White Chicks is right. such a good movie. So my point was only that they had to deal with that at the same time. That's a lot of stuff. Yes, they did. But they released a joint statement of Pelosi and Schumer saying, Ohan Omar, we do we do not support what she said. It is very, very wrong. And then she apologized. Like, it's fine now. She's not, anti- she's not anti-Semitic because... She said she was sorry. And that's the level of well, discourse we're having here is if you say something bad, it's very bad. And if you say you're sorry, then it's good. Except she didn't say anything. But she didn't say yeah. anything bad. It's like, no, it's, it's, it's complete nonsense. It's just all theater. It's 100% theater. 
theater. It was such a stupid, stupid thing. I felt bad that AOC was like, well, you know, it's not great that she said that. I know. I was, was really like, surprised oh, that come she on. It begins. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a And I guess, what, 90 people have now announced that they're running for president? <laughs> Is that accurate? I mean, I think it it's feels 22 like it. last time yeah. I saw. Uh, that's not good. No. Well, I- no. I think it's all right. It'll be fine. Yeah, they'll clear like out. Like 17 of them won't. Here's my concern. I couldn't even name. I don't like any of them. I really I don't, don't. I don't mind a bunch of them. There's some that are like, eh, and then there's some right. I don't like. Right. There's nobody where I'm like, let's do this. I'm for it. I'm I'm optimistic about numerous of them. There's nobody that I'm like, that's the one I picked. But yeah. there's lots where I'm like, I think this will make a good primary. I li- I wish there was one that I liked. And I think there's yeah. enough of them Maybe being pulled to the out. left. Yeah, that I make. That's that nice. Seems exciting. That's okay. Yeah, I have concerns with several. Most, I would say most for most. me. I don't know that much about a lot of them. Cloverture, I have definite issues with. <laughs> I, there's, yeah. really, there's really only one where I, no, maybe two. Well, one has okay. One. <laughs> there's, there's one that I'm like no, and that would be Tulsi Gabbard. Where I'm just out. Oh yeah, she's out. She's I'm kind of out on, on Biden too. But I was gonna say, did he announce yet? That was my sort of, ooh, and oh, I don't yeah. think he's technically announced no, yet. But yes, he the, was my, er, if he announces, I'm out on him too. In the water. So. I think I, I don't know enough about any of them. I, you know, all my feelings are gut feelings and not actual educated feelings about characters, except for like um, Elizabeth Warren, I have some issues with, and it is related to, it's re- definitely related to the uh, Native American <laughs> heritage yeah. And it's not, and it's it's partly because we're about the same age. I think she's probably a little older than I am, but I was, mm-hmm. she was in college when I was in high school, something sure. along those Close. lines. So we were basically white young girls in America at the same time. And we were very, I, I feel like I have some insight into some of the things that she did as a young lady. Yeah. And I don't feel like she has learned as much as she really needed to learn in the meanwhile. I will say she has done some make goods for the Native American stuff that I actually was like, and I don't mean like statements, but she was a, I want to say she gave a speech for the Cherokee Nation. That's not, I want her to meet with them and sit quietly. That's what I need from her. She has done well in ways that were not publicized as much as the, Guess. Bad thing she did. Right. She did something very bad. The stuff she's done to apologize and do better for it actually has been pretty good. There's other reasons not to like her or like her, but like I feel better. I think if she it's ended up, dumb, I think if though. she ended up winning the primary, I would feel comfortable with her as president. Right. There's not any. Position. I'm gonna vote for whichever. It yeah, doesn't that's even the really other matter. Thing. But I mean, I but think. I mean, not even apprehensively. Like I think based on her. Yeah career and what she's accomplished as a senator i'm very comfortable with the positions she takes on most things she might actually be the person i would like the most out of the people kind of hovering around running like i I like gillibrand too yeah yeah um i always pronounce his name wrong yeah but yeah i like him (laughs) he seems cool but also i don't know too much about him and he's not gonna win he doesn't have a lot of experience yeah and i don't know if i want another dude (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, i mean i'm fair. fine well he's if gay. it's gonna be gay yeah <laughs> yeah be gay for that first he's milestone gotta, but like it's a point in for being yeah. gay but yeah so yeah but again he, he seems to have a nice grassroots movement and i think he's yeah gonna at least move the primary to the left what do i want so, medicare for all 
you know, all sorts of things. That'd be cool. Yeah. I don't know why, as you mentioned earlier, CNN is giving any sort of deference to Schultz's (laughs) tantrum. The thing I find funny about Schultz is nobody likes him. Nobody wants him to run. There's literally zero people who are clamoring for this. We're in Seattle. And we should be the people but, like him. Everybody but for hates his guts. To He's give like, him an entire platform oh, where yeah. it's just him talking about the issues and talking about why, like zero other candidates got this. Why they decided to do it for him is beyond me. And it's like they've learned no lessons from spectacle hmm. that was. You know, I mean, it's successful. It's years. successful for him. That's for them. That's why they didn't learn anything. But did good. anybody? I mean, was it? I don't know anybody who watched it. No, but they have their ratings have been up. Consistently. All the news networks ratings have been up consistently for the last couple of years. Right. People are into the news. This is actually very good for them to have dumb garbage just floating around. So that's not great. <sighs> no, it's not. And especially because at first he came out and said, like, I'm gonna I'm 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 exploring the option. Yeah. And if there isn't an you know, a groundswell of people who want me, then I won't run. And now he's sort of couched that in like, Okay, well, if someone else who's a centrist is right. nominated, then I won't run. Like, whoa, 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 whoa there, buddy. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I will run. <laughs> now now that he... you've realized nobody wants you, you no longer want that to be <laughs> your, like, goalpost. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. yeah. Well, I will say for this about Howard Schultz, I don't think he's running because he wants to be popular. I think he's running because he doesn't want to be taxed. Well, very I mean, hard. I, I mean, he he did finally make a formal apology about losing the Sonics, so he at ah, least he at least uh-huh. was told by someone that he's unlikable and needs to be more yeah. likable on something. So yeah. I'm not sure if it's a pollster or what, but they have actually done some studying to see what the effect of him running would be, and he's the, just a spoiler. Yeah, the only effect would be that Trump would probably be yeah. reelected. Yeah. Sure. It's really frustrating to me because I don't know if he has changed his positions or if the previously held positions he had were never his positions <laughs> and were oh, very Trumpian marketed. of him. Well, because I used to work at the corporate office of Starbucks yeah. and one of the things that I very much admired about him was that he gave um healthcare benefits to all employees, even part-time employees, because when he was growing up, this is the story (laughs) that was told (laughs) for the reason. Um, So again, I don't know, maybe this whole thing's a myth, Yeah, um, is that his father was denied benefits when he was injured and it almost bankrupted their family. And so he always thought like, if I ever have the power to give my employees health benefits, I don't want anybody else to go through the same thing my family went through. Yeah, that's great. That's how it should be. Right. And so for him to run a company that way and, you know, talk about this all the time to when I learned about it as a new employee <laughs> to now say that like it's un-American it's un-American to give, to like give yeah. people healthcare like was this just something that was branded by like a board member at Starbucks or did he change his mind like it's very confusing to me and he's not coming out like he's not trying to be he's trying he's to be as vague as possible it. yeah and so I just don't understand the disconnect between how he ran his company because that didn't have to be that way that <laughs> right. was a choice he made you know, this was pre. Was this is pre Seattle making the like, you know, yeah. healthcare, you know, sick leave mandate, anything like that. So I don't understand how that was such a passion project for him mm-hmm. for so long to now this position. That's a good question. So it's very frustrating to me because I think there's a lot of that, and then, and the same thing where now he's like, I'm colorblind. I don't see oh, color. Yeah. Like, 
you know, on racial issues when, That's again, he like... 20 years too late on that <laughs> I mean, he made statement. so many... He did it... He went about it the wrong way at Starbucks when he was like, we need to talk about race eh, and, like, talk make it a conversation. But at least he was like... You know, I think I thought, I, I thought his heart was in the right place. At least he should have been learning. You know, right. there's just what? all these issues this, that I just don't... Wasn't it this year that they shut down for a day? I think that was last year. To do okay. yeah, racial sensitivity training because uh-huh. of the incident that occurred. Yeah. But he, yeah, even before that, like, he was... I mean, he did that whole thing where they didn't allow um, guns at Starbucks. And he mm-hmm. just, you know, was fine with that. And then um, I remember when I worked there. So this has been 2014. Um, when the government, the Congress had shut down the government and he had these, um, signature or what are those called? Where you sign the signature petition, petitions sheets at every Starbucks location where you could sign your name saying you wanted the government to reopen at any Starbucks location you went to. And we gathered them all up and we at the corporate office, (laughs) like counted all the signatures and we're mailing them off. Like he's taken these stances before. Yeah. And I don't understand where those came from <laughs> if not from him if not from yeah. him yeah. and if they were from him then why is he so polar opposite of that like it's not even like a gradual change it is the opposite trump right. has poisoned but, everyone's brains well, that's my best but corporations do good works to get brownie points i mean that's a thing they do ronald mcdonald house well, he should be getting exists, brownie points for but example in his campaign. These, were, these were things that happened like this these right, were not I'm like saying... thought out positions by the company because i'd seen how those things got rolled out these were things that like literally happened overnight you know like government is shut down we're putting these things in all of our stores well, maybe he had somebody in charge of that and that's he what i wonder smart work um you know i mean his office was literally just down the hall for me so i i don't know i just i guess i felt like it was more organic and coming from him and i don't know if now he's because he hasn't been you know part of starbucks for yeah, a while out of the so i don't know bit. if whoever maybe was on the board and feeding him these things and whatever influence he had is no longer there or if he's now just decided i want my money and that's all i care about anymore like i just uh, i don't my, know what's here's changed. my theory <laughs> my theory is they he had a department responsible for you know kind of like you have social media Mm -hmm. so you want to you want to go with the trends or whatever if something's trending and you want to be part of that trend you have your social media group that is responsible for being aware of trends and and they should be on his campaign Right, right. Like, <laughs> he right. should have where those are all people. those people who? Well, they probably still work for Starbucks. <laughs> right, but like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, how does he not have the kind of people who are like, we've done the polls. You're, you're not, you're not it's popular. Not working. Dude. Like, how does he just have nothing but yes men then around him? Well, my concern, and this is a more of a conspiracy theory type thought, is that he knows that if he runs, Trump will win, and he, that's what his actual goal he is. To, he wants to pull Democrats to the right. I, I mean, I think Trump Oh, has... I definitely think he wants to pull Democrats to the right. I don't think he's a Trump supporter. No. I don't so, think that's... I don't know. It's all sorts of confusing to me. I think Trump has, has changed the political dynamics in the U.S. so drastically in two and a half years. And we are watching a bunch of people with a variety of experiences and backgrounds, all mostly around the political or business world. Now, there's been a sea change, and some of them are trying to figure out how to, are trying to figure out how to live in this new world, and some of them are like, I'm going to plug my ears, and I think that if we try really hard, we'll go back to how it was three years ago. Well, and some of them are just quitting. 
Mm-hmm. Some of them are, well, yeah, those are the folks who are like, things have changed. I don't know what to do. I'm out of here. Um, but I, I mean, that's what I see when I see this huge wave of Democratic challengers with many of them with a variety of policy positions. Some of them are like, ah, Medicare for all, maybe, well, maybe, yes, no. Okay, we'll see what it goes. Or uh, Howard Schultz's thing has been, I'm not really going to get into policy quite yet. I think there were a lot of candidates who for years have thought about running for president. Um, Oh, yeah. Now's your chance. And, (laughs) no, didn't in 2016 because of Bernie and Hillary. And it was just obviously going to be one of them. It just would have been stupid for them to enter (laughs) the race. Um, I'm looking at you, third guy who... I can't remember your name now. Jill Stein. No, no, no. <laughs> who who else was in the Democratic primary forever? The boring guy. See? You can't yeah, remember either. I can't remember. But he, he stuck mm-hmm. around for too long. Yeah, that um, one guy. Kasich? No. I really can't anyway, remember I think, his I think his last name started with an M or something like that. Anyway. Um, but like people like Cory Booker, who mm-hmm. have clearly been sort of gearing to up to be president, and now when they announce, have had to change some of their positions yeah. more to the left because of what happened in the midterms and i think that's great and i'm really no, excited so to see how that plays out because i think a lot more i think it i think the primary campaign is different um right now in terms of how it's shaping up than it would have been before the midterms in terms of who would announce and what their platforms were going to be and so i think I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling optimistic. I'm sure it'll change. I just... <laughs> so something will go wrong, but... Every time I see something that's frustrating me in the political sphere from the Democrats or any Republican who's basically not in Trump's direct circle power, half the time I'm just like, you don't even realize that things are different now. Like, all the stuff with, with Omar has been like, she said this thing and it's really offensive and we need to get her to apologize. And I'm like, number one, not offensive. Mm-mm. But number two... Uh, people say offensive. We have a, a president who says offensive shit all the time. Nothing happens to him. Like, there's no consequence to this stuff uh, unless there is a consequence, right? Like, unless what he says is so monumental that, like, there's a... People are so angry that he has to make a change. Or normally what he does, he just dumps whatever that idea is. Pretends he never had it in the first yeah. place. Yeah. The Democrats don't work on that level anymore. Mm. And I think the idea is like, well, if we just keep working as it is, and then eventually Trump's, Trump's kicked out and we elect a Democrat, we'll just go back to the old system where somebody says something we don't like, we yell at them, they take it back, they apologize, and we just like move. It's a gaffe and we move on. But there's no way that that's, there's not going to be a swarm of politicians everywhere who are like, I'm just going whatever I want. Because of how long campaigns go now, we like yeah, forget how early it is yeah. oh, still i mean so it's forever from now yeah. <laughs> that we're gonna do this election and i think um i just think the world has changed i mean obviously yeah <laughs> um but i mean just look at what happened with amazon's second headquarters yeah like, right they just pulled right out of new york because there was such the a groundswell of backlash there like yeah. the people literally were like no, no. <laughs> we were not consulted on this you may have consulted with politicians yeah. and sort of gotten a sweetheart deal to come here we don't want you here and made enough noise that now they're not going there they're yeah. kind of pouting about it it's impossible to imagine that happening that, right that, like, that is such a huge thing <laughs> that has happened and so if i think if things continue this way 
<laughs> if this is now the new normal. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. I, again, I'm more optimistic for primary season. Yeah, I hope that because there is this world where people can express themselves to the point where things change, and also that we live in a world where the most famous politician says whatever he wants to no consequence most of the time, that we might end up in a world where other politicians whose viewpoints are whatever are in a position where they feel comfortable to just express them and see if so there is support for what they have to I say. I mean, AOC already kind of does that. Yeah, that's like when thing. Anderson Cooper was <laughs> like, do you think, you know, Trump is a racist? And she was like, yep. Yes, I do. Like, <laughs> next question. <laughs> like, it just is. You know? So yeah. I think that's and, already happening. And I was going to say, since our last episode, Trump still not said her name. Yep. Oh, he, is, he has started right. to, he has now referred to the Green New Deal that all those crazy Democrats are right. in. So he is now referring to things that she is talking about. Mm-hmm. Still has not name-checked her. Mm-hmm. And he has name-checked Omar. Omar. Yes. He name-checked other Democratic senators and Congress people who are involved in the Green New Deal. Mm-hmm. Not AOC. And what was your theory about that? Uh, he You thought she think... would. Uh, yeah, I did think he would eventually. We, we said no, right? But the reason that I didn't think he would or that he hasn't is because he would not be able to hammer her in the way that he hammers other Congress people. Mm. I would also say that the, I can't remember her name, the Congresswoman who said he was a motherfucker right. at a bar, she did get some flack for that and he was mad at her. And then that stopped mm-hmm. because she was like, it is what it is. It is what it is. And that's the end of his ability <laughs> that's how to I pressure got nominated. <laughs> he cannot twist someone's arm if they're like, yeah, he sucks. Yep. Oops. You know, like, let's move on. Well, um, I think a lot of um, the success in that is that there's no longer this sort of clutching of pearls of like, how can you disrespect the <laughs> yeah, office that way? It's hard to. We don't, we don't talk this way. Right. It's and hard then to it's build like, that up. No, but we do now. But like, yeah. Right. We do. He so, made it, he made it okay for so us So now we're saying that. Yeah. Because but. if you were, let's say a conservative op-ed writer who has no backbone, you are in less of a position to be like, tisk tisk mm-hmm. you, because then you have to have also tisk tisk Trump and nobody's doing that. And they don't so do that. that kind of takes the wind out of your sails for 90 percent of the people except for if you are also a democrat and then you can be like "Mm -mm, not okay (laughs) we don't we don't say that so yeah but it does kind of feel like less is happening even though a lot's (laughs) happening it just seems like a little bit lower level of things happening all at once well maybe we're used to it that's also possibly true i also think that more things are happening with in terms of indictments and things like that so But even with that, it's like, well, there have been so many. I guess at this point, I'm just, okay, there's another one, another one. I'm just waiting for the report to come out. Well, can I I do two two prediction questions for you two? Number one, (gasps) do you think he talks about AOC before the next episode? (laughs) We got another month. He has cranked up the volume from a one to a two. Uh, Well, this is a short month. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So... Does he say her name in any context? You, I mean, if he says that he has to give her a nickname, right? Yeah, absolutely he does. But and I can't. he could tweet, you know, tweet, uh, interview. Because I think if he went on an interview, somebody's going to ask him at some point, like, hey, how do you feel I, about I AOC think it all depends on um, I need how yes successful no, this green <laughs> deal is. Well, because, you know, the yeah. dem- I don't know. 
I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna say no, no as well. If he hasn't said it yet, he's got to have the reason to. I mean, Something I was wrong last change. month, so I guess I'll say no. My second question is: with the new AG, do you think Mueller's still here next month? I don't yes. think anything's going to happen with that. I don't think that anyone's going to interfere with that. I think it's going to come to its. I think there have been conclusion. too many changeovers, and I think whoever's in that office, even with as bad as who's in that office now, is that they at least are competent enough to know that they will be screwed if they interfere. I'm going to go the other way. I think that the new AG gets in and immediately fires him or tries to. Something happens. He's going to make his move here, I would say, even within the next week because he just got confirmed, if I mm-hmm. remember correctly. I think that if he's going to make a move, it's not going to be a month from now. It has to be immediately. immediately. Right, because if you want things to you don't know how close they are right. to the end. And I would also say that if you are a Mueller or anyone on his team, you have to be – you know this is coming, right? right. Like You have to have all of your files – in an, on a USB drive that you throw at the New York Times on the way out the door. Well, with Watergate, uh, they basically, yeah, they they made sure that all of the papers, they removed them all, basically. They put them yeah. somewhere else so that they couldn't be destroyed. Yeah, and in super slow, dumb Watergate, you got to have <laughs> lots of time to back those up and have them with your, new, with your lawyer and all that good stuff. That's where we're in now. No, Watergate took two years. Well, how many years has it been? I don't know, two years, know, <laughs> two and a half, whatever. It's the same speed. The reason I think they don't is because, well, again, I guess I'm, I might be giving too much credit to <laughs> we'll find, the we'll find out. We'll know. Positions, yeah. Is that stopping the Mueller investigation doesn't necessarily absolve Trump of any oh, sort no. of right? There's but it makes already him got feel because good. he's already been indicted. He'll feel right. good because yeah, because the thing is that there's still state investigations right. like SDNY is obviously going to file something. Yeah. And so while it might temporarily make Trump feel like I have given this order and someone finally has followed it, it it won't actually stop the train from moving. No, I don't think it'll stop the train from also, moving. Also, I think that the guy... And I think, that, I think then it becomes a news cycle. I think it actually brings the story more forward. Oh, yeah. Because then everybody talks about it every single day. What did Mueller know? What was he getting close oh, to? Oh, what did we get leaked what today? Are we doing? Yeah, like... And, and he has run a very leak-free office, and that might really quickly change if he's no longer in charge of the investigation. I would assume that the reason SDNY and any of these people wouldn't file is that, that somebody says, hey, don't file till we've finished our stuff. Exactly. Because otherwise they would. Why would they wait? And I think that there's no reason then that Mueller can't go and become a consultant for SDNY <laughs> and be like, well, <laughs> this true. is what we were looking into. Let's start looking into it yeah. from a state level. You know, I just... Again, like that might be giving too much foresight to I still think they fire <laughs> anyone. Him. I think that Trump has long since lost anybody who has any sort of sway over telling him that's a bad idea. I think so the anyway. national emergency is an example of no one can tell him like, hey, this is actually not except it. people are encouraging him to do that like idiots. Yeah, like oh. that's there's a difference. There's a difference between everybody being like, oh, you shouldn't do this, and I, he does it anyway, and everybody being like, yeah, sure, sounds like a good idea. Declare an emergency. We think that's, that's cool. cool and powerful and. Also sign the deal. Sign so, the deal and declare. So emergency. stupid. I really, I like, cannot for the life of me understand why Lindsey Graham would advocate for, like, he's. Give me a break. It's great. But he's been around long enough to know that, like, he's you on can't way accomplish out. anything he's just be <laughs> by like, declaring an emergency. Like, I don't know. It's very strange to me. Yeah. Well, episode over. <laughs> Pulling my microphone cord. We always have such a like optimistic end. I think yeah, I'm going to say before the next episode, they try to fire Mueller. 
I don't think they're going to. Uh, the guy that they, the new attorney general has been attorney general before, so he knows the rules. He does, but he also said that the Russian investigation is beyond But he also said he wasn't going to stop it. Publicly, he said he wouldn't stop it. But. I mean, if we're, I'm, I'm just saying we're taking we're taking our bets now. Right. Well, say... and I also think Mueller has had ample time to oh, yeah. prepare for that. I'm sure whatever. Right. So that's what I'm saying. I don't think that firing him. I don't think he does anything, but I still think they're going to do it. What they think it would. So I, I mean, they. I would, or because... I'll put it this way: I think Trump, like with the wall, mm-hmm. has sent so many months saying that this is bad that given the opportunity to try and make good on his promise to end it, he will feel obligated to do so. I just do don't so. think that this attorney general, I mean, the only reason to do it would be to curry favor from Trump. Yeah. Um, And I don't, I think if he gets in the office and sees how far along things are, <laughs> that he probably would be like, mm, you know what, maybe currying favor with this guy isn't actually what I should do. You think do. they'll fire him? Do you think Trump will get rid of him then if he doesn't do it? I mean, keep going down the list, right? <laughs> right. Is it, do they just keep firing people till they find but someone But that's fine, like, it? keep him distracted with that. <laughs> like, oh, no, I think it's great. I'm just... Yeah, so I, I think, think I think this guy is the closest we've come to somebody where I was like, ooh, this Maybe. might be the guy who does it. Yeah. But I, I still thought, don't know. I thought the guy before, the acting attorney general was more of a risk than the new guy. Uh, well, he seems silly. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he literally... He wrote the whole, like... Sat around with Trump, paper. you know, jawing in yeah. his office and... And so for like for that guy to be only acting and be like, what, what do I care? Why don't I just do it? And if he didn't even do yeah. it, then why put in the new guy? Because you have to put in somebody. Because the other guy never stopped them. Because the other guy's acting, he can't stay there forever. <laughs> that, that, they know. have like a million empty slots. They You're can't right. keep it empty. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I'm still. Put, I'm just putting my bet out there. Putting it out in the world. We'll, well see what I happens. I hope you're nicely. wrong. I think there will. People will actually march in the streets immediately after oh i think so too i'm not saying it's a good thing i I just think it's going to happen i've got my text messages set up to tell me when that happens and where to go you mean your presidential emergency texts (laughs) yeah (laughs) how come he didn't do one about the wall wasn't that the whole point that it was an emergency yeah he has that whole system set up just for this purpose well you know talk about the cocktail what's uh, the next thing did we say whether we liked the movies both good. Yeah, they were both yeah, good movies. Thumbs up. I wish Bob Roberts had been funnier, but... It's not funny anymore. <laughs> it's not funny anymore. Still great. The Time music travel is good. back to 1992. Watch the movie. <laughs> yeah. And then come back, <laughs> then come forward back. And or, watch Game Change. You don't even have to time travel back that far if you don't want to. No, just a probably, little bit. Yeah, It'll probably be just like good. five five or six years would probably work. Yeah. You don't have time travel at all Pre- for Game Change. Pre-Palin, maybe? Yes. Just, I mean... <laughs> I like any movie like Game Change that is just dramatic irony from the get-go where it's just like, well, boy, I really hope she turns out great. <laughs> hope she doesn't say anything stupid at this this uh, interview. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fumble. A well, it was hard because I think the movie, like, wanted to make her a little bit sympathetic. Yeah. And, and they I, do. And do you think so? I mean, I mean I they, just, at the beginning, they do. For me, I just am so over her and what she oh, has yeah. led to because of Trump that I couldn't even sympathize. I was like, oh, did you get your feelings hurt? Oh, I'm really sad. You're, oh, no, sorry, yeah. your feelings are hurt. That everybody's laughing at, you know, how stupid your answers are. Wah, wah. I just... Mm-mm. I mean, she becomes... Maybe in 2012, when this movie came out, <laughs> I might have been like, oh, that's, that's rough. I can see how that would have been hard on her. Now I'm just like, mm don't care. I mean, she takes a dark turn at about mm-hmm. the halfway point of this movie, but at the beginning where she is out of her depth, yeah. I, I get why, like, oh, she 
might have been for all i know she was a good governor of alaska hard to say but she seems at least trooper gate seems to indicate otherwise yeah Yeah. it does but there is a point in this movie early on where i'm like oh she seems like she really cares about some stuff she really cares about her family this is why she's doing it you find out that that is not true or that she's got a lot of other issues that get in the way but there was a point where i was like oh okay but i don't think i think if people watch these movies they won't be bored I think no. they'll enjoy the, watching the movies. And Julia Moore is awesome. Just to see her be Sarah Palin is pretty great. Yeah. Bob we Ro- have, same I, with Bob Roberts. Tim Robbins is awesome. Yes. I like that he's playing kind of the same character as in the Hudsucker Proxy, but like the evil <laughs> version. The evil version. Of- <laughs> the evil version of- so it turns out that Tim Robbins in is, is in a lot of my favorite movies, mm-hmm. oddly enough. Um, Not and he's your great. Da- your, one of your dad's favorite movies is High Fidelity. He's in that, mm-hmm. basically playing himself. He's in Eric the Viking, which I love. Yeah, you love Eric the Viking, confirmed. H- the Hudsucker Proxy, <laughs> love. One of my favorite movies. Uh, he's in Jacob's Ladder, which I have <laughs> yeah. mixed feelings about. <laughs> but we watched for this podcast. I, for season one of this podcast, we we watched Jacob's Ladder for the I kind of liked Jacob's Ladder. I liked it when I saw it the first time. I liked it less, I think, the second time. It was later. not great it is not aged well but it is really interesting it was i think that was the movie where at the end i was like they could remake this there's like something here that is yeah a, too old now well when i when i saw it the first time one one of the things jacob's ladder was really scary the first time yeah. because it used that effect of you know where <laughs> his head uh is like moving there's like a trembling sort oh, of yeah. uh video effect that was really creepy at the time but you know, this many years later. Yeah. I think there's some really creepy stuff in that movie, but it's very slow in a movie from that time period is because it's meant to be like a psychological horror and less of a scary. So do you think it would be like a good remake for somebody like Keegan-Michael Key to do? Or Jordan Peele to do, I mean? (laughs) The other one? Yeah. I don't even think you'd have to have somebody that great do it. I think that a direct... So like Eli Roth? (laughs) Shots fired, yeah. I did that. (laughs) I mean, it is a psychological horror about somebody's nightmare vision as they're dying in mm-hmm. Vietnam. In Vietnam. Right. Yeah. You could update that concept and just stick to the... I mean, I think it's a Twin Peaks kind of type of movie. David Lynch could still make this movie or somebody who would be willing to do like a weird surreal... I don't think Jordan Peele necessarily would be the person for it, although he's great because his movies weren't so much surreal as more like i don't know satirical i don't know what you'd how you'd describe that more poignant more pointed <laughs> uh but if somebody wanted to do a weird horror movie they could remake this gen take this general plot and redo it hmm. anything else he was in that you loved? Uh, we sort of bull durham you're not are you not a shawshank oh person? Uh, shawshank's pretty great i don't think i've seen it i mean i have seen shawshank redemption i don't remember it well enough to gotcha categorize it i really thought it was oh, Tim like Robbins has been in a lot mm-hmm. of really yeah. good stuff yes and it also made me realize that the the kind of movie that i like the best is one that has a tim robbins moral, in it. <laughs> <laughs> one that has a moral some sort of mor- morality message or, or like eric the viking mm-hmm. is about a viking who is like out pillaging and then goes, wait, this doesn't seem like a good thing to be doing, except I have to because I'm a Viking. And if I don't do this, then I won't go to heaven, right? Yeah. He's really got a, a severe conflict. But he looks around him and says, I don't think we should rape and pillage and burn villages and stuff. That seems bad. 
but it doesn't doesn't match up with what the world is telling me I should be doing. What would you say the moral of Hudsucker Proxy is? I feel like there it's is still one. to do the right thing. That's true. And he mm-hmm. he's following his dream. He's being a good guy. He's being successful. And then somebody does something evil. I mean, he does. He has his fall from grace too. Oh, that's right. Have you right. seen the Hudsucker Proxy, Nicole? Mm-mm. You should really. It's yeah, super it's a funny. Wonderful movie. Saint Cohen Brothers and Sam Raimi oh, joint picture okay. from when they were young with Tim Robbins cool. as the star. All right. So it's about this con- country bumpkin who invents, <laughs> but not exactly. <laughs> yes. Who invents a something for a toy company that becomes very popular, and then he kind of ri- rises through the ranks and gets a little corrupt. Well, okay. So they they are concerned. the The board is concerned. I'm not spoiling. This is the first okay. scene. The board of directors is concerned that the company is so popular. Oh, and and the CEO kills himself. He jumps out a window. That's the opening scene. The board is like, oh, no, he's died. All of his controlling shares are going to go on the public market. Oh, that's right. And the company is so successful and so valuable, we can't buy up his shares. So what we should do is put a dummy in charge of this company, drive down the shares, buy him up. but the person they put in charge, who's right. a dummy, kind has of, this great idea. Kind of a producer's sort of... Yeah. Yes, they, it is the producer's. They accidentally screw up to becoming more successful when they're trying to do the opposite. Mm-hmm. In a very Coen's Brothers type of movie sort of way. It's very goofy. It's very, very beautiful to look at. There's a lot of cameo. And Jennifer Jason Lee is the female lead. It, there's sort of an, it takes place in the, I want to say the 40s. And it, there's a definite homage to film noir and cool. to fast talking lady reporters i love it okay it's really good and it doesn't get the accolades that it deserves no it sounds like all the things that i'm into so you'd like it but i forget how we do this we Uh, talk talk about about the next movie talk about the cocktail we talk about stuff that we like i think we plug stuff yeah plugs i'm gonna re-plug a show because the new season just started and i want everybody Mm. to really go back and watch it anyway um the magicians Oh, just came back. Wait, oh, I gotta watch that. Yeah, so season one through three I are think, on Netflix. I think I've already finished watching the new season. <laughs> no, it season four just started. There were like, there's only like two episodes that have come uh, out. I must have. So you must have just finished season three, right? I must have not Netflix. realized there was season three. Yes. So we watched <laughs> wow. that. So yes, it's great. It's okay. a really really great show. Seasons one through three are on Netflix. I Check love the out. book. I've I, never watched the I show. I will say, I think season one is the weakest. Season one is the h- hardest to. It's the least consistent with where it ends up. Right. It, it's a great season. It's really smartly done. It's just really dark compared to the humor that is brought into the latter seasons. It, yeah. It's, it ends with a little more humor. Yeah. Than, there's some tough tough watches you have to get through, but not in like, ooh, this was boring and why did they put the scene in the... Just in like emotionally I have heard ways. that the first season follows the books mm. and then they kind of do their own thing after that yeah there's just so first, much the books are very depressing so much so. good stuff that happens in season three <laughs> that and yeah it's just a great show it's just really smart and fun and it's another show that has um people of color and queer people and women and it doesn't m- make a fuss about like it's not about that. it's not about that mm-hmm. they just are the characters and it fits and it's awesome they're they do occasionally say things about stuff. yes there's some meta, there's a lot of meta commentary in it but sure. yeah it's just it's a really fun show and i don't know if it's as popular as it should be and so i want to watch it check it out yeah i think one of the things i like about it is that it, it is both modern day and also this fantasy world mm-hmm. there's actually there's fantasy in the real world there's a fantasy world did you read the book no or books no but yeah i enjoy it thoroughly yeah. and i i think part of it is to it's got really good characters mm-hmm 
Uh, I especially like Elliot. I think Elliot and Margot. Yeah, they That's may be my name. favorites. Yeah. But yeah, it's got some really good characters in it. There's a episode in season three where they all have to... King and queen of... Um, oh, of Yeah. <laughs> where they have to... But not um, the main guy they become king they be- and queen well that's the other good thing about oh. the show is that it starts out where you think that like it's all about quentin and his journey quentin, and like he's the main character and it really does become an ensemble story it's like gotcha. really well done that way Ooh, i just remembered how season three ended yes. i'm really <laughs> curious to see what happens <laughs> so, in season but there's four. a great episode in season three where they all sing um under pressure and i must have rewatched this scene like a hundred times it's so good and it's just it's funny and it's moving and it's just enjoyable it's their that's their musical you know their buffy musical yeah. uh yeah. episode <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know give it a chance guys i think you'll enjoy it especially if you make it through season one and yeah. again i don't think season one's bad i, I feel right. like it's just that it's not as funny and i mean know, it was very much good advertised as... as horny harry potter <laughs> that first season <laughs> so i'm i'm gonna keep plugging away for this show you want me to go sure uh I'm going to plug Third Act Saviors. We actually recorded a bunch of episodes that are... We went on a a hiatus for a bit because of other stuff that was going on in the co-host life, but we recorded an episode of Venom with the sidekicks, uh, which no longer... That podcast is no longer going, unfortunately, but that episode with Caroline on it will be released sometime soon. And then we watched IO, the Netflix original... Uh, science fiction movie. Mm-mm. I've been pushing for these. Hey, Netflix keeps cranking out science fiction. I've heard of that one. Movies. It's really bad. It's probably the worst <laughs> one we've watched. It's okay. so boring. Um, but it has the guy who plays. Uh, oh, I'm gonna forget his name. Eagle on uh, in the Avengers. Not Eagle. The, Hawkeye. The, ha- no, the guy with the the robot wings. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Captain yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. The guy who Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie. Oh, but no. what's his character's name? Um, Red? Falcon. Falcon. Eagle. Yeah, Falcon <laughs> is like one of the. There's two stars. It's just so boring. Don't watch it. Okay. Um, I started. I saw a band that I really like. I didn't see them. I heard about a band I like called a tribe called Red. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a Native American group from Canada. They mix traditional Native American music with like house music okay and it works really really well because you know there's like this sort of constant drumming and like almost this sort of repetitive beat and then they kind of mix electronic music on top of that and then sometimes they'll also have like a hip-hop artist rap on top of that it's like nothing i've heard before it's kind of like uh i mean it is like house music or something where it's kind of repetitive but it's also great and it's really interesting and just look them up on spotify or go look up their youtube okay. music videos they're great hmm. well i'm gonna plug something that everything in the world is plugging right now which is <laughs> russian doll okay mm-hmm. i loved it it was great it's only Excellent. i think it's eight episodes maybe yeah, seven or eight episodes it was funny that i i can't remember the actress who plays the main Natasha character Leone. Yes. i'm never gonna forget her because karen and i went to the ucb in la and she was their guest that night mm. and then she was asking for suggestions and karen gave a suggestion and they like talked back and forth Aww. so we got to meet her which was cool she is fantastic in this she mm-hmm. she's like i don't she's like a little old jewish man except that she's not she's a young <laughs> young lady yeah um, but she has this gravelly voice and she's smoking all the time. And the story is 
do you have any do you know anything at all about the I story? Yeah. yeah. I okay. do, but what if our listeners don't? Yeah. It's a metaphysical story <laughs> about uh, the very in the very first episode she dies. Yeah. So there's a little bit of a groundhog's day to it. Mm-hmm. She relives, but there's there's a lot more to it and it's just really interesting. It's beautifully uh, the set design and all of the cinematography mm-hmm. is really great. Things happen in your, you know, it's very surprising. All the acting is good, and I've never seen any of the people before. Um, one of the first things that happens is she's in a bathroom, and then she comes out, and her friend says, sweet birthday, baby, or something like that. And she says it every time. So you hear that over and over and again, <laughs> again and, and it's just delightful every time she says it. It's a great show. Okay. Um, actually, I'm going to uh, recommend Chasing Hillary, which I think maybe just came out. I, it's a new book. Now, uh, I mean, it could have been out for very long. Yeah. Um, so, and it's by a a reporter from the New York Times, I believe. There was a time where she worked for the Wall Street Journal, but I think she works for the Times now. Okay. Anyway, um, and one of the reasons I'm going to recommend it, which is going to be weird, because if you don't read books about campaigns, it maybe isn't <laughs> for you. Sure. But um, so for this, just in the last few weeks, I read four books about four different campaigns, which I talked about in this episode. There was yeah. uh, the one about the Carter-Kennedy campaign. Camelot something or other. Yeah, the end of Camelot, I think, is what it's called, uh, which is also relatively new, which is kind of weird. That is kind of weird. Um, it came up on uh, Skullduggery, which is a podcast that I've mentioned before. They interviewed the author of the book because it it relates somewhat to the possibility of Trump having a an opponent, mm-hmm. you know, in the primaries. So there's that. Let's see, Jimmy Carter and Kennedy. <laughs> Game change. Uh, Sarah Palin, so McCain and Obama was yeah, one. Yeah, that whole campaign. I think it was George Bush and somebody. Oh, no. I can't remember what the fourth one was. But anyway, they are all... Oh, it was the Isikoff. It, yeah, it's actually not a campaign one. It was uh, Monica. Finding Clinton. Oh, Uncovering Clinton, which mm. is a book by Michael Isikoff that came out in the 90s. That's the other thing. The, Tim, the Bob Roberts movie came out in 92, which is the year that Clinton was elected, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. So there was a campaign going on while he was filming his campaign movie. Yeah. Um, but this is about, it, it, they, they do talk about campaign stuff, but it's mostly about Michael Isikoff sort of uncovered parts of the Monica Lewinsky scandal as a reporter for the, I think he also was for the New York Times at the time. Okay. And then he ended up at... Um, a different place, <laughs> the name of which I can't think of right now, but some some big place. It wasn't CNN. <laughs> okay. U.S. Nope, I got nothing. Anyway, he went somewhere else. Now he works for Yahoo News. Um, but his book was kind of along the lines of a all the president's men, mm-hmm. sort of that sort of thing. The reporter talking about the story. Okay. Um, but the reason I'm going to recommend Chasing Hillary is because it's written from the perspective of a reporter who she's reporting on that campaign, but she talks a lot about just her personal life. And also, you know, as a young woman, like as a like as a preteen, she was aware of Hillary and she met Hillary and she was a big fan of hers. Oh. But as a reporter, she be- basically becomes an enemy of hers <laughs> because they feel like that because you know the hillary campaign feels like the times is out to get them and Mm -hmm. she's doing that reporting yeah and so despite the fact of having been you know this woman who really looked up to this person hillary clinton and is spending a lot of time in close proximity to her during her campaign following around everywhere being a reporter that she knows their relationship becomes this very negative relationship so it's it's a lot more personal story but it, you still do get a lot of stories about 
one of the things that um, I read today, which kind of highlighted the sexism of the camp, you know, of the whole of us, life of our nation. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so basically, at one point in uh, in Hillary Clinton's, I think in the previous campaign when she was campaigning against Obama, she had like come somewhere in a helicopter, and they and she got a lot of criticism for it. And then she describes this scene in twenty you know, in 2014 or whatever, 2015, 2016, whatever, when Trump is campaigning and they both are going to this same uh, county fair in some middle of the country state, Iowa, I think. And Hillary cannot, you know, because of what happened in the past, she doesn't take helicopters anymore. She goes everywhere in a van because otherwise she'll be criticized for it. Yes, she's very sensitive to criticism. But then, you know, at this same thing... Trump shows up in his helicopter right, of he and does. is like giving kids ride in his rides in his customized, you know, gold plated helicopter. Yeah, of course. And the media in for where he's concerned, it's like, look at this, this wonderful, awesome. great thing that he. Yeah. Look at this businessman with his fancy helicopter. He's so rich. Yeah. Anyway, it's a good book. It's one of the better books that I've read on this topic. Uh, the Isakoff book, I didn't think was that great actually. <laughs> Um, don't read it <laughs> i'm sure that the reporting was great but the book itself was like well i've read all the president's men and that was a really good book and this is just sort of a less good version of, of that type of book yeah sure sorry sorry michael isikoff <laughs> <laughs> no anti-plug for michael isikoff <laughs> well um, i haven't seen russian doll but i'm excited to yeah, watch it yeah two good shows to watch. back to russian doll watch that yeah and i want to watch umbrella academy but i can't oh, play yeah. it because i haven't watched yeah, any of it then that that's netflix right Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. and I said I watched Velvet Buzzsaw. I liked it. It was fun. We finished Punisher. How was that? The second it was, season? It was all right. Yeah. It wasn't as good as yeah. the first season, but it was all right. Not good enough for me to have... I don't want to watch anything all right. So <laughs> and there's, there's no need to. Yeah, I've, I barely watched what I can watch. Right, we started watching Broad City, and it's great, of course. Yeah, it's always great. I think it's their last season. Mm-hmm. Cool. With the cocktail. All right, so there's a cocktail. Oh, wait, do we want to talk about the movie for next time oh, first? Oh, all right, the movie's for next time. Oh, what's for next time? So we're going to watch a really new movie. Have we made it? Are we, like, this is almost done, right? We have one more from the 90s. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yes, uh, Primary Colors. Oh, Which yeah. is part of the reason that I'm reading the books about the Clintons is, uh, I'm going to read Primary Colors, obviously. Mm-hmm. So Primary Colors is a book, I already know a little bit about it. It's a book that was... Uh, it's sort of a mockumentary book about mm-hmm. a political campaign, which is obviously based on Clinton's campaign for president in 92, I guess. Yeah. But it was originally released anonymously because it was That's cool. very obviously written by someone who was there. Yeah. And then later he revealed himself. And uh-huh. I, don't, I don't remember. It who. is I, Barack Obama. <laughs> right. So we're going to watch <laughs> Primary Colors starring John Travolta. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite. Is he? And his sort of. Yes. <laughs> I, my my relationship with him has changed from he's my favorite to now he's my favorite. Like Nicholas Cage is my favorite. Okay, gotcha, right. gotcha, gotcha. But yeah. he's still my favorite. It's just changed. Have you seen Broken Arrow? Yeah, okay. I love Broken that's Arrow. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> and Face Off, they're all great. Uh, Basic was always one of my favorite. Oh, Bad yeah, John yeah. Travolta's. We watched one for God. What did we watch for Third Act Saviors with John Travolta? He's in a lot of stuff. Was it real. Battlefield Earth? No. Oh. But he's in a lot of stuff that sucks. I don't think you could say that. Oh, we watched. (laughs) I watched. I we watched. I am Wrath, which I don't think even made it into the theaters. It's Death Wish, but with John Travolta. Oh, okay. What's the pairing for? Sorry, I can cut you off. What's the pairing for Primary Colors with John Travolta? A running mate from 2018 with Hugh Jackman. 
It's about oh. the scandal. That's not supposed to be good, right? No, it's not supposed to be okay, good. Okay, that's why I like that sounds familiar. But it is a scandal that we've talked about on this podcast before. Uh, the guy who was it was it's kind of like the first the first person whose candidacy was derailed by an affair in the 80s, I believe. And now I can't remember his name. I, you it's too me. bad we have to watch the new one separately. <laughs> <laughs> it's too bad I'm going to have to watch that by myself. <laughs> Take notes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yes, those are our next two movies. Then we'll be on to the 2000s. We're almost done. Yeah. We're almost to the end. Uh, and that's it, right? Then the cocktail. Yeah, let's talk about this cocktail. It was so good. All right. It was so good. This cocktail is one of the sweeter ones. Uh, doing research for, you know, what this cocktail should be about. <laughs> yeah. So Sarah Palin's favorite drink is Diet Dr. Pepper. She drinks it. It is a plot point in the movie. Yes. And so I looked up Dr. Pepper, which supposedly has 23 ingredients. Yeah, we played the Dr. Pepper game. And, <laughs> uh, like, Shalaya, have you ever played that, Nicole? It's a good game to play at a party sometime. No. You guys sit in a circle. One person has to be the moderator. Okay. You go look up online all the flavors in a Dr. Pepper, which there are somewhere between 20 and 30, depending on where you look. Okay. And you go, and everybody has to name one. And if you don't, if you name a wrong flavor, you're out. Last person standing. It's pretty good. There's some weird stuff in there. But like, you can't play this game more than once, right? No, you only play once, but it's a good one. So (laughs) this drink has all of the ingredients with the exception of two that I couldn't get. And they were both like wood flavors. One is ash and one is black cedar or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't find those two. Does it have plum in it? <laughs> yes, it has plum in it. Oh. This year I made some plum liqueur. My mother-in-law, they brought me a huge bag of these Italian plums. And I said, what am I going to do with all these plums? And so I I looked up plum liqueur or whatever. And it's basically like, I'm going to say it's like cherry bounce, which probably also doesn't mean anything to you. (laughs) But basically you add sugar and fruit to a liquor vodka in this case. And then you let it sit for months and months. It was really good. It is good. Uh, So I use that because there's plum flavor in, in Dr. Pepper. Um, I also used orange or the dry curacao because there's orange in it. Uh, I used cardamom bitters because it has cardamom flavor. Mm -hmm. And... I made a syrup that was, I used sour cherry juice to make a very complicated syrup. It is not a simple syrup. <laughs> Can I ask you a, maybe a silly question? Why didn't you just get Dr. Pepper syrup? Is there such a thing as Dr. There Pepper syrup? There must be to load up a well, soda I, machine, no, right? but that's not because. <laughs> just that's because. cheating. Okay, okay. Yeah, that would be cheating. Also, then no. you would have a bunch of Dr. Pepper syrup looking over. And yeah, that would be, no one's taking that home with them. <laughs> No, so I made a syrup that had all the remaining ingredients in it. So it had <laughs> black pepper, vanilla, almond extract. Dr. Pepper's um, complicated. Mm-hmm. Lemon, lime, ginger. You're not going to name all 23, are you? I'm going to try. <laughs> okay. Juniper. I go, I'm mm-hmm. up to, well, it, it's not all 23 because a few of them are on the outside. Like yeah. the, the orange and the plum and the cardamom. Um, okay. Chocolate? No. What did I say so far? <laughs> A lot. <laughs> blackberry. Blackberry is in there. Wow, blackberry's in there. Licorice, obviously. Mm-hmm. And anise. Same yeah. thing. I mean, I would never name half these things. You can't taste them as like bold. You know what I no, mean? Yeah. Right. I'm sure they add to the overall. It's palette, Dr. Pepper but, flavor. Yeah, just... Right. But you could smell the syrup and it smelled like a soda pop. 
Yeah. It definitely smelled like one of those brown colas, mm-hmm. except heavy on the cherry. I think it's how mm-hmm. it smelled like root beer, mostly. Well, I don't think the syrup smells like root beer, because I added root beer to the drink. Uh, right. Uh, that's an ingredient in it. I wanted <laughs> sassafras, but I couldn't find it, so I ended up... Sarsaparilla. you're right. <laughs> I mean, you've added sassafras. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sarsaparilla. I couldn't find sarsaparilla, so I ended up getting sarsaparilla tea and adding oh. that to the syrup to okay. add sarsaparilla. I bet that works. Yeah. I... I missed a few, but there's more in there. I have a picture a of there. all the ingredients all in a pile. That's wild. It was good. It was very sweet. Tasted like a Dr. Pepper. Tastes like cherry it coke. Tastes like some kind of yeah cola. Yeah, but it was it was really good. It was maybe not my favorite because it was so sweet. No, <laughs> it tastes like a soda. No, I def- definitely not the best cocktail I've ever created. <laughs> but the What's syrup the... is it, the syrup's pretty tasty and very complicated. I, I was gonna say I bet it'd be really good um, over ice with like a splash of soda water, and make it like a fizzy drink. Yeah, yeah. you could even you could omit the uh, root beer. And just have a mm. shaken cocktail without the root beer in there. Yeah. Or add a squeeze of lime juice, probably. Make it a little sour. Yeah. yeah. And then you have Dr. Pepper with lime. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's that, then. Yeah. We're almost done. We only have a couple more. Three more? Well. We've talked about I doing a special TBD. episode or two. We, I think we should watch Vice. I've got the list open. I, Vice and W. That seems like the perfect team. You're right. And that, uh, we've got another one from the 90s that I'm not... I don't know if we're going to watch it or not. Uh, JFK. Mm, mm-hmm. um, that's a question mark, whether we're going to watch that one. W is on the list. Uh, good, good Night and Good Luck is on the list. Huh, what's that And that with? actually is the last one, Trumbo. Good night, <laughs> Good Luck and... Trumbo! Good luck, good luck and good night is matched with Trumbo. Okay. And then huh. uh, I think we need to squeeze in Vice and... Uh, Are there any political horror movies so we could just bridge all the gaps? Maybe. We've already watched The Congress. So well, we sure. What about... Um, Manchurian Candidate? The uh, Purge. No, um, there's a oh, Stephen Purge? King. The Stephen King novel. Dead Zone. Oh, Dead, Dead Zone. Zone. Yeah. Oh. Well, let's talk about doing some sort of political horror and maybe a political whatever next genre is. <laughs> Do a bridge the gap between the three seasons. Yes. All right. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Thanks, Mimi. Thanks for listening. Yeah, all the jingling is the dog. <laughs> She's sitting here beside me. Thanks, See listeners. you next time. Bye. Like, like follow, and subscribe or yes. whatever. And imbibe. Imbibe. Like, follow, and imbibe. <laughs> Bye. 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 I got to ask you a question. I do not uh, believe in, I can't trust Obama. I, I, I have read about him, and he's not, he's not, he's a, um, he's an Arab. He is not. No man. No man. No man. No man. He's a, he's a, he's a decent family man, citizen that I just happen to have disagreements with on, on fundamental issues, and that's what this campaign is all about. He's not. Thank you. Thank you.